Blog Talk Radio. We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness. He's such a faithful God. I've seen Him show up for me in unique ways. You know, that's why I, I'm quite reckless when I worship. I start doing anyhow, anyhow, anywhere beloved. Somebody say anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To put your head somebody's tree.
She is the first from the dead. Let me let my brother Tony say hi to everyone. Sorry. Yeah. Hi. Hi. God bless you all, and and uh, I'm glad we're all here in the Lord. And and uh, you know, Psalm 104 says, "Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name." Yeah. And I I thank the Lord for uniting us tonight, and and I know He has a word for us. You know, encouragement and, and hope, as we were talking earlier. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Matthew 27, verse 45. Uh, we read it. We read this one from the. Um, let me see the King James. Uh, there's other other Bible translation, the Common English Bible. Um, let me go ahead and, and, and just open another Bible and, and get a. Thank you, Lord. I like it how the Bible the titles of the message. The dead are Jesus. You know? Yeah. Uh, do you want to read this, Brother Tony? Yeah, from 45. Can you can you see it well there? Yeah. It says, uh, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabatani, what is... That is my God, my God, why has you why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said he's calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge filled with sour wine, put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But he said, Let's let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn and two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split the tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and they came out of, they came out of the tombs after his resurrection and entered the holy city and appeared to many when the centurion of those with him who were keeping over watch who were what who who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened they were terrified and said truly this man was the son of God many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there watching from a distance among them were Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's sons amen those are those are the witnesses amen yeah thank you Lord but the first thing is from noon to Three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. Okay? Notice how darkness in the same sequence of what happened with Jesus is going to happen with us. Because he, he, he is the first from the dead. We follow from, the de- from this dead world are receiving a glorified body. The resurrection. We we the uh, the resurrection of Jesus and to resurrect into life and then getting His glorified body and standing at the right hand of Father, it's the same event that's going to happen to us. We're going to get a glorified body, my brother and sister. Then Jesus talked about Revelation that we're going to reign with Christ. Yeah, you know, some that will sit with Him, that Father will give Him the right to sit with Jesus. So it's all similar. Tell them, brother Joseph. So. All this event happened so similar, my brother and sister. So it began at noon with the three in the afternoon when it should have been daylight, darkness came over the land, my brother and sister. The three days of darkness are so similar when there should be sun, 
for three days, there will be complete pitch darkness. The Lord has shown this to so many people already. They have seen them so clear from the Lord. My brother and sister, we have shared this on the Lord's Hour here so many times. So the Lord in this revelation spoke to me about more about the three days of darkness, my brother and sister. And let me share with you what first he showed me. Hallelujah. But before we finish, let me see. Go back there because it talks about the resurrection. So then after he died, and then they, they thought he was calling Elisha, and then he gave up the spirit. But look what, what followed. After the three days of darkness, after the Lord died, suddenly the current of the sanctuary was torn into an earthquake that the rock was split. Okay? We've been talking about an earthquake coming. Okay? And this earthquake, this darkness and this earthquake are so prophetic. Because we're going to experience the same. And this is why if people have any question now, we advise you to study the word and pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom and understanding. But the same way it happened during Jesus to the disciple, it's going to happen with us. There's going to be darkness. There's going to be an earthquake, as the Lord has said. Same things, my brother and sister. But what else happened afterward? I want to, I want this sequence for us to follow this sequence here before I go into the revelation so we can, we can get a clear understanding that what's going to happen in the days to come is the same thing that happened during the time of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, what happened after the earthquake? The tomb were also opened. Many body of the same who had fallen asleep were raised. What is this? This is the resurrection of the dead. My brother and sister, Jesus being the first. Because they cannot be raised without Christ. Because what did Jesus say to, to Mary? What did Jesus say to Mary about the resurrection? Yeah, he said, he, uh, you know, I, uh, he replied to her and said, you know, I'm the resurrection and life. And exactly, uh, he is resurrection. That whoever believes in him, even though if he dies... He will come to life. Yeah, he will live, yeah. He will live. So there you go. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Nothing can happen without him. All things that were made in heaven and on earth were made through Christ. So everything has to happen through him again. My brother and sisters, thank you, Lord. The children of Israel, when they were in captive in Egypt, they could not come out of their captivity until Jesus came down to set them free. Exodus 3, well, we're going to go into it too. So we can compare the same event. I want you to see the sequence here on how what's going to happen in the days to come that we can look forward this time. These are signs in the Bible that God has given to us clearly that we can follow. In my dream, my revelation this week, the Lord took me to the days to come. I knew it was just day from now. I knew it in the spirit. As he took me there, I was standing there after the three days of darkness in my glorified body. I looked handsome. I like to say that. I looked no more in my 20s. No more. I am 51 years old now, born at 52. And I looked in my 20, then in my glorified body. You know? 
very happy, full of life and power, God. Thank you, Lord, for that. But let me tell you, I heard when this aunt of mine called me from the island and says, Elvi, we need your help. You know, now you have, we need you to come. She says to me, brothers and sisters in the spirit and our glorified body, you can be 5,000 miles away. My brother Tony can be 5,000 miles away and can call my name. No matter where I am in there, I can hear him clearly. Why? Because we're one in spirit. We can communicate with one another better than any cell phone, better than any iPhone, any Samsung phone, any communication device that we have now. That's why God says that the things of this earth are foolish compared to the things he has for us that are in Christ. Better communication, my brother and sister, the Lord, show me. She was in the island of the Dominican Republic, in the countryside where I grew up. And my aunt says, Elvie, we need you to come here. I heard her clearly. I didn't have an iPhone in my hand. I didn't have a Samsung. I didn't have none of these devices. It was her. And I can hear her voice so clear, like a thousand times better than an iPhone or any other phone. Clear, she was calling me. And I said, I'm coming. And I was there immediately within seconds. There's no transportation on this earth. There's, there's no miss or anything that can go to any other country in second like I was there. I was there in second. I thought about going there. Boom, I was there right away. I go inside the house. I see my aunt, and I said, why were you calling me? And she said, don't you see? And I'm looking at all these people that have come out of the tomb, all these people that, that were resurrected again, Matthew 27, 52, the tomb were open. Also, but many bodies of saying who have been falling out to live were raised. My brother and sister, they came out of the tomb after his resurrection, entered into the holy city and appeared to many. My brother and sister, this same event that happened during Christ, during Jesus, Shalom, Sister Luna, it's going to happen again. There will be another repetition of the resurrection of Christ in our lives. Because he said that Jesus is the first from the dead. I was there. And I began to see all these people that came out of the tomb naked. Yes, in their young body in the 20s. Men and women. The place was full of them. Naked. But my aunt had put blankets over their body. Had told them to lay down and put blankets over them. Until they can, you know, provide them with clothing. And it's like people will begin to, to donate clothing to them as they could, you know. And, and so there, were, but there was not enough clothing. So she called me so I can provide clothing for my who was there, my father who was there. And she said, there's someone back there that you need to see. And I was like, I still didn't know who she was talking about. So I began to walk down the lines. I'm seeing people laying down with covered with blanket, right? Thin blanket, because in the Caribbean, it's so hot. You, you have to have thick blanket. Even if you have AC, you still have, uh, have to have thin blanket, right? So I walked down to my, to my father. I see this young man in his 20s. My, my father was a police officer in his 20s. The day I was born, I believe he promised God he would quit. He resigned. 
He, he put a resignation when I was born because he told my mom he didn't want me to see his first son, what he had gone through, you know. So my father resigned as a police officer after 17, 18 years, I believe it was, and he was really good. And they couldn't believe his boss couldn't believe it, his friends could not believe it. But my father, my mommy should tell me that when he went to the academy, he he well, that's when she met him after he when he was a police officer. He 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 had a really his body was in shape. He was in shape in his twenties because he went to the academy. They do a lot of training. He did a lot of training. You know, he was really he looks really strong. You know, in shape. And so the Lord showing me him, I remember my mom telling me this a few weeks ago before she left back to the island. And now that the Lord gives me this revelation, I see my father in his 20s, you know, like he was when he went to the academy. He really had a shaped body, my brother insisted. And he saw me, he recognized me, I recognized him. I'm 51, going to 52. My father in his 20s. I'm older than my father. An example, you know. Like right now, I'm older than my father. In my glorified body, what's what like the same age? Same age. My brother and sister, think about that one for a second. And I'm like, and we hug each other. He immediately, my son, dead. And we gave each other, each other a hug. And I'm hugging my father. But he only had a blanket of him, so he was still naked. But he said, you know, and and so the Lord for over 30 years been telling his church to storage and clothing. And I remember back in the 90s, early 90s, no one understood why did the Lord keep speaking to us to storage and clothing. And still years after that came to thousands, the Lord was still speaking to us. My children, I want you to storage and clothing. Yes, storage and food supply, but storage and clothing. The Lord kept saying to his people, and years ago, we didn't know, over 30 years ago, we didn't know, 20 years after, 10 years after, and God was still telling us the stories and clothing. What did he mean by that? Well, all the people that, that went to sleep in Christ since, we're talking about 2,023 years, 2,023 years, all that that went to sleep in Christ, millions, maybe billions, are going to resurrect in the days to come. And these people are coming out of the tomb naked, naked, my brother and sister. And we are supposed to have warehouses of clothing for these people. Where are the clothing? Because they, this, as, I, as the Lord showed me this, I came back with such an understanding now. Why did the Lord keep telling his church to storage some clothing? My children, storage some clothing. We didn't know why, but he's always right. That's why he's at the right hand of Father. He's always right. My brother and sister, we keep thinking less. Jesus is always right. When we think right is when we're seeking to be obedient to him. We need to think right, my brother and sisters. Be obedient to the Lord when he has told us this for so many years. Storage and clothing. You got billions, maybe billions of people coming back to this earth naked, men and women in their 20s. And I'll tell you more about these people. Because we had a question. I, I had this question. They're all coming back. Can they get married? You know, remember we're talking about this, Brother Tony and I. Yeah. Can they be married? It's in the word if they can. 
it's in the word if they can or not. But we're gonna we gotta see it in the word. We gotta see it in the word, I believe I have it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my brother and sisters. Hallelujah. Everything about this life, hallelujah, in the life to come, it's in the words of God. So it's only it's not in the word. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, because we were preaching that in Spanish, and, and thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise you, God. God is so awesome. Let me tell you, mm. He is so awesome. Matthew twenty-two. Uh, thank you, Lord. Yeah. All right, we're going there. We're going there. Thank you, Lord. Right, Praise the Lord. Twenty-nine. There's a question about the resurrection. Mm. Okay, uh, here it is. Okay, go ahead, Brother Tony, read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus answered them, uh, You are mistaken because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. Well, well no, let's go back. Oh. I think it's because we need to establish, right, okay. the question that they had. They had a question. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, 22. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, God. An awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Okay, here it is. The Sadducee and the Resurrection. It's a question, right? Okay, go ahead. Verse 23. Okay, yeah. Uh, the same day some Sadducees who, uh, who say there is no resurrection came up to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother is to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second also, and the third, and so on to all seven. Last, last of all, the woman died in the resurrection. Then whose wife, whose wife will she be of, of the seven? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are mistaken. Because you don't know the scripture or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is the God of the dead. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen. Yeah. There you go. But look what the Lord says. In Paul, Paul, when he talks about the resurrection... He tells the church not to be ignorant. And again, what is ignorant? Lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So concerning this also, Jesus says the same thing. Concerning the resurrection of the day, having you read what was spoken by God. Uh, let me see. Thank you, Lord. I skipped one of them. Thank you, Jesus. Concerning, they know the power is what he says. They ignore Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 29. 29. He answered, you're mistaken because you don't know the scripture and the power of God. Let me see. This is, okay, let me let me check this quickly. 29, you say. Praise you, Lord. What an awesome God. Okay. You erred. Yeah. You erred. You error. It's like saying you error, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. In another word. That's the 29. Okay. He is the word I was looking for. Because it's the same word the Apostle Paul used with the Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. Yeshua answered them, the reason why you go astray, astray 
is that you are ignorant both of the Tanakh and the power of God, the scripture, mm-hmm. and the power of God. For in the resurrection, neither men nor women will marry. Rather, they will be like angel in heaven. I like how this one puts it. For whatever, whether the day are resurrected, haven't you read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, God of Jacob, and the God of uh, Isaac and Jacob. He's not a God of the dead, but the God of the living. Okay? But he uses here the same word, that they were ignorance of the word, a knowledge from God. The revelation of Shalom, Brother Miguel. So this is what's important here, my brother and sister. There is a sequence in Matthew 27 about the three days of darkness, darkness, my brother and sister, that we need to follow ourselves, okay? There is a sequence, okay, that begins with darkness, okay, follow with um, the resurrection, follow with the resurrection, my brother and sister, and the earthquake, the earthquake. After the darkness comes the earthquake, and comes the resurrection. So we have to expect the darkness, an earthquake, and the resurrection of the dead. For us, the same sequence mm-hmm. is what we need to look for in the days to come. Okay? But this is what the Lord says to me. He says to me, he showed me, no one in sin, disobedience, sinning, Okay, not repenting, seeking God will make it to the three days of darkness. No one who is not right with God, who is not repenting or has not been repenting already, not been seeking God or right with God. Okay, the Lord was very specific to me in regard to the to the wicked. They're not going to make it to the three days of darkness. And remember, God have mercy upon whom He will have mercy. Yeah. You know. If there's someone that uh, we don't see seeking the Lord or repenting, and God still brings them through to save them, who are we to say to God, why do you have mercy on this person? When you said that no wicked one will make it. No, God always had mercy upon whom he had mercy. Mm-hmm. He told us to Moses, my brother and sister. So the same is, but the, the beasts are going to kill during the three days of darkness, anyone who is not right with God. They're going to go for it because they're, they're going to be open for, for It's like a hunting season, you know. They're going to be there. The bees are coming to hunt, hungry to eat those people, and they're going to go out and kill those people, okay. We don't need to worry because, yes, the bees are coming. The Lord is coming, okay. When did Jesus resurrected? When did he came out of the tomb? And the three days of darkness, and the three day, and the third day, and the third day, was his resurrection. But when did he went down to the belly of the earth? Right away, my brother and sisters, after being crucified, after he gave the ghost, my brother and sister. And there's a verse that says that Jesus went to the belly of the earth, like Jonah, was the son of man in the belly of the earth, and we know that he released all these people. But right away. If we go back to Matthew 27, when did they begin to see the people coming out of the tomb? Okay? Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. He gave out the Spirit. Suddenly, every time I read in the Bible, immediately or suddenly, what goes through your mind, Brother Tony? Yeah, that's the same as immediately. You know, it happened right away. Um, 
Because that's what it says, you know, so we've got to go with what it says. We may just have a human understanding of suddenly what immediately is, you know, like, okay, we, we get a good idea when we say a blink of, in a twinkling of an eye. Mm-hmm. We know that's really fast because we can see that ourselves. Yeah. But suddenly and, and immediately, our best understanding is right away. Mm-hmm. That's our best understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, God can help us understand, you know, furthermore if we need to. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit suddenly. And again, I have to compare it to the King James because it's uh, that's verse, um, thank you, Lord, 51. Okay, 51. Let me just do a comparison with the King James. 51, behold, the veil in the two bottom. Thank you, Lord. And behold, so that was, this is the veil. So that happened really quick, uh, really quick. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn two from the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Earthquake happened. So can you say that the, the, the torn of the curtain and the earthquake practically happened at the same time? Or was it an event after an event? Well, what is your opinion on this? Yes, uh, Yeah, it did. Yeah, it says uh, Hey, and brothers and sisters in the chat room, you can also, you, you know, you, you can also give up your opinion on this. Because we're reading it from the Word of God, my brother and sisters. And the Lord can share light into us on this. Yeah. Okay. Suddenly, the current of the sunset was turning to from the top to the bottom. The earthquake. So, we like one... Like it seems like one event. Yeah. That's why when people write to me and say, "Brother, when do you think this thing is gonna happen?" Yeah. In the spirit, I see them practically here. Mm-hmm. Like, like he just took me a few days ago and showed me this. And when he took me to where I was standing with my glorified body, I knew in my understanding in the spirit that was only a few days from now. Mm-hmm. But how do you explain explain that? You know? Yeah. Because it was all in the spirit, you know. But I knew it was, like, really close to happen, like, really, really. Like, we know when the Lord says, the rapture is going to happen quicker than what people think. So that's why I ask people the question, what are you thinking about the rapture? What is what is that mentality? I had Brother Tony, Brother Tony. What do you think when the Lord says that the rapture is going to happen before than what we think? What do you understand by that? Yes, the Lord, you know, you're, uh, that's what the Lord does too. You know, He when He answers, He, he yeah, He answers with a question too. You know, <laughs> He answers with a question, and so to make us think, you know, He wants us to to use what He has given us, you know, and meditate on His word. Is when He says, you know, you know, um, He's going to, you know, the rapture is going to happen before we think. Be, or be, you know, before we, in other words, you know. Like the guy we, that went to the rabbi meeting, and he was going through all the rabbi asking them a question, and another rabbi will answer him back with a question. So he goes to the older rabbi and says, Rabbi, I have a question for you. Why is it that when I go through all the rabbi and I ask them a question, they answer me with a question? And the rabbi looked at him and said, So how do you want me to answer you? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, uh, I've seen that in scripture so many times, and I was like, you know, that left me thinking. Like, that is true, right? 
exactly how it is. Thank you, Lord. How do you want me to answer you? Yeah. Because everything is questioned. Yeah. And the only one that had all the answers is God. Yeah. And, you know, Rabbi said that the reason why God put questions to the whole Bible is so we will seek the answer from him. Yeah. It, it's, it's an honor to God to conceal our matter. And then it's an honor to Akim to, to search it. To search it, yeah. To search the matter. So yeah. it's an honor to us to search the word of God. Mm-hmm. God conceals it with a purpose. And then we have to search it out and get a better understanding. But this sequence of Matthew 27, in regard to what will be unfolding in the days to come, this is important to us. Because we have, we have here a sequence of events that in the same matter that happened with Jesus, it's going to happen with us. Yeah. Our transformation, three days of darkness, begin with darkness, then it goes to my brother and sister, begins with darkness, then it goes to um, the earthquake, yeah. darkness and earthquake. So if you think that the earthquake and the darkness are related, yes, they are, because you get darkness and earthquake. But what else is related to darkness and earthquake? Okay. And then after that, the, the resurrection of the dead. Then the, the, the tomb were open, and the body of the same that were asleep were raised. So you get darkness, earthquake, and the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? They come out of the resurrection, they enter into the holy city and, and appear to many. Okay? Thank you, Lord. When the centurion of those with, of those with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they were terrified and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Okay? This truly being the revelation of the Son of God can be the movement of God because it was the same as, as the Holy Spirit being poured out. They know there was the Holy Spirit of God. But here's another thing, another rebuke that I had from the Lord, which I was seeking out to understand Okay, since the Lord says to me that people in sin and people in the wicked are not going to make it to the three days of darkness, my brother and my sisters, I was seeking that out in the Bible. I wanted to know where is that in the Bible that I can relate it to, because everything is in his word. And you know what the Lord says to me? That there's something we got wrong. About, about Acts chapter 2, the pouring out the Holy Spirit. And he points out to me that we say that the Holy Spirit came up by no flesh during the day of Pentecost, and we are wrong. The Lord says to me, you are wrong. I'm like, wait a minute, because that's the promise of the prophet Joe, and we immediately assume that everyone in the day of Pentecost received the Holy Spirit. And he says, it came out on those, it came up on those, that were repenting and were seeking God, not on the unrepenting. This is why Peter had to stay, stood up and tell the people to repent mm-hmm. in order for them to receive the Holy Spirit, the Lord says. But the Holy Spirit only came up on those that were seeking God, the 120, and that was repenting. He says, read it and my word. They're like, wow, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. You see, when you want to know the truth, Jesus is the truth and the life. He will make things clear. But this is something he led me to so clear 
and made sure, my brothers and sisters, okay, because in the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in other tongues, and they, as they gave a modernist. But it was to the people, my brother and sister there, that were repenting, the hundreds, and not to the other thousands of people that were just looking in amaze and thought they were drunken. Not to those people. He made sure he corrected me on that. Because we have assumed this wrong, and we've been saying this wrong, that the Holy Spirit came upon all people there. No. No. That's why Peter told him. And Peter, standing up with the living, okay, lifted up his boy, in Jimen Ayuria, that dwell in Jerusalem. By this you know unto you, hearken unto my word. For these are, the, are not drunken as ye suppose, but this is the third hour of the day. Okay, and he keeps telling them and keep telling them about the promise, my brother and sisters. Okay, and then this, he tell them this is the promise of God to to them, my brother and sisters, and the statutes, and then the promise of what will happen after and all that, that what will follow. Okay, but ye men of Israel, hear these words. These are not the men approved among you. A miracle, wonder, sign, God through him in the midst of you, and then uh, and then he keeps telling them until it comes to the part where he tells them to repent. Tell them to repent. He tells them to repent. And that's what the Lord says. Okay? That those people that were there watching what was happening with Peter and all of them, okay, they have to repent. They have to repent. That's why the calling is to repent. Okay? Then verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of what? The Holy Ghost. See that they didn't have it? The Lord was the one who corrected me on this. I was shocked when he said this to me. Go to my word and see that they did not come among the people. It came on them that repent. If people are not repenting now, he says to me, and not getting ready now, when the three days are dying to come, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Wow, he was he was very stern, firm on what he was telling me. Okay? I'm telling when he had finished speaking to me, and I began to meditate on the word, he led me to the word, because I was like, Lord, where's in the word? You know, where can I go to this? He, he led me to Acts chapter 2 and told me that his spirit did not come and all of the people were there. Only at the end that were repenting. So the same will be for the three days of darkness. If people are not repenting, if people are not seeking God before we go into the three days of darkness, they're not going to make it through. I was, wow, wow, wow. This was his word to me. And and after seeing my father, seeing all the things he did afterward, by him speaking to me this way, it was like, wow. I was rejoicing for the revelation, seeing my father and all that. But then after he spoke to me so so strong to let me know, like, look, go back into my words. Read what it says in my words. Because the truth is there, he says. The truth is there. Go read it. They're not come on all the people. That's why people have, Peter had to stand up and tell them to repent. He had to tell them to repent. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. 
Okay? All that multitude, those thousands of people celebrating the, the Feast of Pentecost, which was a, a feast that hundreds of thousands of people will come together. Only 120 people who were truly repenting and fasting received the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Now, my brother and sister, there's a lot of people, maybe from different churches, that will disagree from, with me, but I, I got this from the Lord, that they heard from the pastor saying, no, it came on all the people that were there. Because some people will say that. Some people will say, no, it came on all the people. God made the promise of the prophet Joel. It will come upon all flesh. If you are repenting, the Lord says. If you are repenting. Okay? He was very clear with me. If they are repenting and seeking God and committing their life to God, they had enough time. If they have been doing it, they will make it through. If not, they will not. And I was shocked when he, you know, and then here's the reference, Act chapter 2. Read my word, he says. It's theirs. It only came up on those that were repenting. <laughs> wow. So Peter told him to repent. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So back to Matthew 27. So then comes, the earthquake comes out of the darkness. The resurrection of the dead after the darkness, the earthquake, okay? Uh, what's the part with the earthquake? The, they, they came out of the tomb after his resurrection, and then the Holy Spirit appeared to many. When, the, when the, the, the centurion of those with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake, the things that had happened, they were terrified and said, truly this was the Son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee looked after him were there watching from a distance, a man with Mary Magdalene. And, and so there were people here. Where's the part where the, where the rock where, where the, the rock were broken? Remember we were reading? The, the, the verse 50. Verse 50? Yeah. Jesus cried out a loud voice, and the spirit suddenly, uh, the curtain and was torn in two and bottom, the earthquake, and the rock was split. So Brother Tony, this sounds to me like there were two earthquakes. But we're talking about the same earthquake still. Sounds like, a, you know, if the, if the rock split, that means, you know, it's telling you it was a great earthquake. It was a big earthquake that happened. Um, from what I... From what I because when my, when my aunt called me, right, and when I went to see my father, she, they were already out of the tomb. But I'm thinking, how do they come out of the tomb? Yeah. It has to be just like it happened here. You have to have an earthquake where the racks are open, the earth is open, and then they're easy for them to come out to the resurrection. Although, I mean, we can't even know the power of God. God can do anything. Right. But, you know, legit, physically, that's what you're thinking, you know, mm -hmm. that, that they will have to come out. But it sounds to me, because, see, this earthquake breaks the rock. Yeah. This other earthquake here, you know, unless here we're talking about the same earthquake, in verse 54, it might be the same because he said that they were terrified. Yeah, they were terrified. And he said, truly, it was the Son of God. So this was, this was a powerful earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about a powerful earthquake that God showed me in the shake America. Mm -hmm. I heard someone say it's going to shake the world. Because actually, including with, with, the, um, with what's going on in California, it's tied with, with Argentina and Brazil. In other countries, you know, there's, there's a what are they? I forgot what they call it under the earth. 
that is tied with those countries. If someone from California may know this already. We talked about this years ago here in the Lloyd Tower. There is a like a pattern, a connection with with Chile, Argentina, California, and other countries. So if like California shakes really badly, these other countries are gonna also shake too. It's online. It's online. We talked about this years ago. Like a tectonic plate, right? That the ones that connect. The Titanic plate. Plate. It might be. I know that. The scientists now, look at this, God is incredible. Remember when the Lord a few months ago gave me the revelation where I saw like things are, instead of being pulled down, they were being pulled up. Remember that revelation the Lord giving me? That things were being pulled up instead of being pulled down. Things were flowing. Oh. I mean, you have to grab the things so you don't go up in the air. Well, now scientists are confirming that. The history channel, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The enemy is imitating God. Every time God gives us something, they go on and put it on the History Channel. Now they're saying that scientists, according to the latest study, there's going to be a time. Time is going to change. Time is not going to be normal. It's not going to be the same. Scientists already can prove this stuff. Now I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What the Lord showed me. But I also, you also got to see that maybe God, what he's doing is revealing it through different channels, if I can say. Different way for people to know that it's true, that it's about, it's coming, it's here, it's almost here. Get ready, repent. Yeah. You know, his mercy. Amen. Because we were talking about mercy. What is mercy? We don't understand mercy. To be honest with you, we don't, we the church of God don't understand mercy. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. I think that we have a mentality more of the, of the law than our mercy because I believe we got so many law in our country. That effect that if you if you take a red light you get a ticket, if you break the law you go to jail. So I believe we have this mentality of the law that don't help us understand mercy around the world. And I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why I say this, my brother and my sisters, because every time we talk about judgment, we are immediately expecting it. We sit back and we say, well, God said judgment is coming. We know it's coming, and we sit back. Then we forget what the Lord said in his word, that mercy triumphs over judgment. I want to ask everyone in the shower and at home to pray with me for a minute. I've been told that in, in Texas, it has not rained for over three months. Temperatures in the 100. And even if a judgment has been declared over Texas, Mercy, try on with our judgment. Yeah. And if we pray for water, I begin to pray already. And I already see a cloud by the end of next week over Texas. I see a cloud. I just looked at my phone. There is a cloud. Remember Elisha praying for, for rain? And he sent his servant. He said, what do you see? I see a smoke cloud. I'm already seeing a smoke cloud over Texas. And I want to ask if you want to pray with me. Because... I don't know what judgment has been declared over Texas, but I'm going to tell you we're going to pray tonight, and it's going to rain in Texas because mercy triumphs over judgment. I truly believe it in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray. I ask everyone, no matter what you are, please pray with me. Lord, we pray. Hallelujah. We pray for what you did on the cross, Lord Jesus, in your name. We pray in your name, Lord, for mercy over Texas, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Lord. It has not rained for over three months, Lord. Hallelujah. We don't know the judgment been declared over Texas. But we're going to pray mercy over Texas, Lord. We're going to pray that rain will come in Jesus' name. Yeshua name. Jehoshua name. Mighty Jesus. Mighty Yeshua. We claim water. We claim water over Texas. That all the dry river, all the dry, hallelujah, lake, Lord, will be filled back up in Jesus' name. Yeshua name. Jehoshua name. Mighty Lord. Mighty Jesus. Mighty Yeshua, we are your church. We're still here, Lord. We're still on this earth. Pray, interceding, Lord. Interceding as watchmen on the world, Lord. We are praying in Jesus' name for water over Texas, Lord, to come. To come for rain, for flood. Flood. We pray for flood. We pray for flood from north to south, east to west in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Lord. Bring your water, Lord. Bring your abundance of water. Bring your cloud over Texas in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Bring your cloud full of rain in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We come in agreement with two or three. Come in one agreement. Whatever they ask my Father in my name, it will be done in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, mighty Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Merciful God. Good God. It is done. Amen, Lord. It is done. It is done. In Jesus' name. Let's keep them in prayer, Lord. We'll keep reminding God to bring his water over Texas that is done. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. For cloud to form over Texas, Lord. In Jesus' name. Bring the cloud water. Rain, let it come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It is done. It is spoken, O oh Lord. Arizona, Lord. We pray over Arizona now. Hallelujah, Lord. We we ask for the cloud water over Arizona in Jesus' name. We pray for that cloud. Hallelujah, to come on, Arizona and Texas, Lord, bring the temperature down. Hallelujah, back to the 80s, back to the 80s. In Jesus' name, bring your water, mighty Lord, mighty God. We claim mercy over Arizona. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, mighty Lord. In your mighty name, we pray to the Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray, hallelujah, the rain of Arizona and Texas. In Jesus' name. Mighty Lord, mighty God, we believe, we proclaim, and we declare it in Yeshua, Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Mighty God, awesome God. Good God, expect water, because it's coming. Expect it, it's coming. Remember when we pray over, over Africa, Hana rain over three months, and we pray, and rain follow the next week. It rain all week long. It was the prize. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. The windows of heaven open up. And rain came down, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. And I said, if you would have asked before, you would have had rain already. Thank you. You got to ask, ask, and I shall receive. God still got his people down here that believe him and his promise. Whatever judgment has been declared, we pray for mercy, the triumph of a judgment in Jesus' name. Jesus went to the cross. My brothers and sisters, he's sitting right now. Tonight, at this moment, as we're speaking, our Lord, our Rabbi, is sitting right now looking at us. He's listening to us, watching over us. He's sitting right now at the right hand of Father, right now as we're speaking. The one who's in control. Right now, he's sitting at the right hand of Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. He reigns forever and ever. His kingdom is established forever and ever. Hallelujah. I don't know what Biden is right now, but I know what Jesus is right now. 
I don't know where my government of this thing is right now, but I know where Jesus is right now. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he reigns forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Know your Lord and know your Father. Hallelujah. Know your Lord and know your Father. He is a good God. He is a great God. He is an awesome God. And he lost us very much, my brother and sister. He is for us. He's not against us. He is for us. Remember, he is for you. Okay? He lived to intercede for you. That's why he's asking you to pray. Because when you pray, he takes your prayer to the Father. And he said, Father, look what your daughter is asking for. Look what she needs. Look what he needs. And look what they're asking for. And he'll give you what you need. And even the petition of your heart. I heard a, a man of God saying earlier on YouTube, God, that the Lord is saying, so the Lord is saying he's going to start giving people the petition of, his, of their hearts. That's exciting. The Lord spoke to him. He's going to start giving the church us, the people of God, the petition of our heart. This is exciting. We're living in an exciting moment. He's about to answer us. He's about to answer the petition of our heart. What are we doing? Focus on the negative instead of focusing on Jesus. Focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. Stop focusing on the world too much. Focus on Jesus. See him. See him in all your way. Seek him in all your way. Trust him in all your way. The Lord is with you. Seek his way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. So there is a pattern here. That as we follow how things are going to happen, okay, there's a mighty earthquake here that, that broke the stone. I mean, that's a powerful earthquake. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it broke the stone. It split the, 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 the rock. Split the rock. That, that's powerful. Okay? Then the tomb went open. But notice what it, need, what it needed to happen in order for the rock to be open. My brother, the power of God. The power of God. This is why Jesus said, you ignore the power of God. Mm-hmm. The power of God opened these, these tombs, my brother and sister. And people were terrified. They were terrified. They were like, what is this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. After his resurrection, he entered the Holy Spirit and appeared to many. He entered into the holy city, Jerusalem, and appeared to many. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Then the centurion, those with him, were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and the thing that happened. They were terrified and said, truly, there was a man of God. What a a, a miracle they saw. But now I want to show you by the word of God that nothing happens unless the Lord comes. Okay, we'll get back to the restoration. But I want to show to you that nothing happens, nothing happens with us in this world unless Jesus comes down from his throne. It makes it happen, my brother and sister. God has to make things happen or they won't happen according to the will of God. And God, when God's going to do something, God sent his son, Jesus. Because he's the one the Father trusts. Okay? Father trusts Jesus. So every time he's going to do something, he sends Jesus. Here in Exodus 3, the Lord comes to Moses. Moses has an encounter with Christ, with Jesus, with the Lord. 
Messiah. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I heard the cry because of the taskmaster. I know the suffering. When the Lord says, I know the suffering, he is relating to our pain in whatever we're going through in life. In other words, you're not alone. God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows your pain and your suffering at any moment and at any hour. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, don't matter. He knows your pain and suffering. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out into the land, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of the Canaanite, and he keeps selling them. But look what he says. I have come down to deliver them. Where is he that he needed to come down? He's at the right hand of the Father. And he comes down from heaven to deliver them. He's coming down again. He's coming down back again, says Paul. My brother and sister, according to what the Apostle Paul explained to the church in in 1 Thessalonians, my brother and sister, the Apostle Paul says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Where is he coming from? He's at the right hand of Father. He himself is the one coming down. Mm-hmm. He's coming down as he did with the children of Israel to deliver them from the taskmaster, from, from the abuse of Egypt. He came down to deliver them. He's coming to deliver you and I again because our governments are going to turn against us. Persecution is coming. Law about to be changed. Biden, Obama, and them, Kamala Harris, and, and Hillary Clinton are looking forward to changing law in America. But they're not going to just leave it there. My brothers, the king, the, the king that was anointed after the queen that passed away, Queen Elizabeth, is also planning to change law. And they're joining hand to do it internationally. Where all the presidents and leaders, the UN is fully behind them. I don't know what is that they're planning in secret, but there's nothing secret that will not come out to light. They are planning to change international law. And very, very soon, they're going to change law that is going to be shocking to people. I mean, I heard a prophecy where someone was saying from the Lord, that what is about to happen with the law, they're going to do away with the, law, with the Constitution. And they're going to bring law into the land that are really are against the church, mostly. Now Congress is establishing the, the, the office, an office to investigate aliens. And it's because they have all this stuff that they need to put out and convince people of aliens. And by creating an agency for it, they can convince people easily. And so it's when they tell you they're going to do something that you think is for you, it's on the contrary, it's against you. They want to come against the church. And the alien doctrine, they want to indoctrinate everyone with the alien belief. So we need to be extremely careful with all the things that will be unfolding in the days to come, my brother and sister. But they are going to persecute the church. It happens to the church of the book of Acts. They were persecuted. And it's going to happen even more in the last days. 
This is why we need to stay committed like never before with the Lord. Jesus told me that if people have not been repenting, have not been seeking God, has not been how God called them to be, they're not going to make it through the three days of darkness. If people are not repenting, they're not going to make it through. The wicked's not going to make it. People in sin are not going to make it. He even said that people, look what the Lord says to me, people that are cursing, foul language. People that are cursing, foul language, are not going to make it. People that like to curse, people that curse us, he says, they're not going to make it. Okay? People that are, I, I know he meant lukewarm. Christians are not going to make it. They're not lukewarm, it's not going to make it. Not for the insisted. Because he said people should be repenting already, is what he said. So remember when I said that we need to be repenting that lukewarm behavior attitude in our own life. And I said, Lord, I repent all. Oh, look what an attitude, behavior, Lord, walk in my life. We need to be on fire for Jesus, for the Lord. It's important that we understand that, my brother and sister. And, and to get a better understanding of that, we need to go to Revelation 3, my brother and sister. Because that's where he talks about the lukewarm. But he also talks about something here, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He said, Behold, I come quickly, how far which thou hast, that no man, take, no man take that crown. He that overcome, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he should not go out anymore. This is, this is a part of all his promise. I love those promises. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But here it comes. This is for the church of, of Lerosian. To the angel of the church of Little see him right. These things says the Amen. Faithful and true witness. The beginning of creation. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would uh, uh, thou would you know thou will be hot. Cold or hot is, is what he said. He would that it will be cold or hot. So because then thou art lukewarm, here's the danger now. He is a yellow, red line, light going off. Neither cold nor hot, I will speak thee out of my mouth. Spit thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, let me tell you what he's saying here. Because this is pride. Every time you say that you're right when, when you're wrong, or every time you say that you're speaking the truth when you're lying, mm-hmm. nothing more dangerous than that. And some people have lied so much. That they believe their own lie. Like the devil. Mm-hmm. He believes his own lies. That's because he's a father of them. When he speaks dead lies, he speaks of himself. I mean, he believes his own lies. Mm-hmm. The devil believes his own lies. Verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with good, and have no need of nothing. This is pride and the fullness of it. When someone can believe this of himself, Knowing that there is a God, that there is a creator who created all things, and that we are, if we are allowed to have something, it's by his mercy and grace. Not by us to say, because I worked so hard, 
I went to college. I got this degree. I got that other degree. And through those degrees, I was able to make so much money. And this is why I have so much money and all that. Because if you try to apply that to Bill Gates, he didn't have the degree. And he was the richest man in the world. If we have anything, it's by the mercy of God. Yeah. First of all, my brother and sister, Rabbi say that what God did is he made a few men rich. He made a lot of men poor. But to the, to the Jewish people, the people of God, he gave the poor to take care of them. Have we done that? No. We haven't. But we are responsible even for the poor before God. And one day he'll ask us about it. What do you do for the poor? We have to give an answer for it. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's go back there again. So he says, Knowest not thou. And let me tell you, it's the same word for being ignorance. The word ignorance is a word... The meaning of ignorance is lack of knowledge. It's knowledge that you should know, but you don't know. An example, right? Yeah. So again, this person that thinks this way pridefully have lack of knowledge. And the Lord says, Knowest not thou that are wretched and miserable. You have a lack of knowledge that you don't know that you are wretched and miserable. Mm-hmm. And poor and blind and naked. How can someone... Being before God, poor, blind, and naked, think of themselves to be high, higher than, than thou. Brother Tony, help, help me here, Brother Tony. Yeah, yeah, that is a, that is pride. That's a, that's how you can identify. Well, according to Scripture, you know that is pride. Um, when someone you know says, I that's pretty much saying I did you know because of my efforts I got all this and because of what, what I can do and what I did. And uh, so God calls them, you know, he's saying you're wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked because before God, you know, a person that thinks that way, they're just empty because they don't have God. I mean, someone that says that and thinks that, it's, they don't have God, so they're empty. They don't have Jesus, so they're, they're, they're empty, naked, and poor, you know. Thank you, Lord. You know, and so, um, they're... Yeah. And now comes wisdom in verse 18, Brother Tony. Yeah. He says, I come so deep. And, and let, let me get here. You see, this is the King James, but in the common English uh, standard one here, going back to 18, he says, For you say I am rich, I have become wealthy, and no need nothing. And you don't realize that you are rich, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. Verse 18. This is the advice. And here is wisdom speaking. Yeah. Go ahead and read that, brother. Yeah. 18, it says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white, white clothes so that you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed and anointed to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be zealous and repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Amen. But look at the advice of the Lord. Repent. Repent is the... Jesus began his ministry telling the people, repent. Yeah. John began his ministry telling people, repent. 
the apostle began the ministry when they all get up, all twelve of them together. Peter says, "Repent," in the book of Acts, yeah. two thirty-eight. Repenting, my brother and sister, what God wants us to be. Because yeah. when we are repenting, we are humbling ourselves. We are telling God, God, Lord, I need you. Every day I need you. Here I am. Help me to serve you. Help me to seek you. Help me to commit my life to you. Lord, here I am, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord wants us to humble ourselves before him. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Refine in the fire, which can only come to the refining of our faith. God says, Peter, our faith, which is more precious than gold, is put through the fire. And that's how we are refined. Each believer in the Lord are refined to the testing, the trial of our faith. My brother and sister, we are tried to faith through faith because God, my brother and sister, Jesus wants us to bring us to heaven. And the only way we're going to get there, my brother and sister, is through the testing of our faith, through the, through the purification we find. Hallelujah. Through the fire, yeah. Thank you, Lord. He says, you are being, Peter says in one five, you are being guarded by God's power through the faith and salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time, in the last day he meant. Last time, last day, same thing. You rejoice in this, even through now for a short time, if necessary. You suffer grief and various trials, so that the, the proven character of your faith, okay, more valuable than gold, which through, which through perishable is refined by fire, may result in the praise and glory and honor and the revelation of Jesus Christ, through, hallelujah, through you have not see, see him, you love him. Through not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice in the inexpressible, glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of our souls. Thank you, Lord. The whole purpose of God is to save us. But in order to save us, our faith needs to be prepared through fire. My brother and sister. And there's a trial of our faith. Every trial you and I have been going through, are going through, and may still go through, is to cleanse us and purify us. I said to the Lord last week, Lord, you know, I don't know how, how I was able to stay in the ark. I was speaking with Jesus in the ark. Because of the things that I went through. And the Lord says, even though you were going through that affliction, one thing you did, it was you kept repenting. You kept seeking me. And that, through that, he said, he was able to keep me in the ark. Through the repentance, he says, you kept repenting. So God, when we humble through repenting ourselves, because that's what repenting through repenting is, is a change, it's changing our way, seeking His way. When you are repenting, when you are in prayer, you're seeking His will, not ours. And it takes 
A lot of people used to say in the old days, pain and prayer. It takes pain and fasting. You know, pain and suffering and fasting and pain and prayer for you to maintain that life with the Lord, that relationship with him. It's going to take pain, the old people used to say. So we need to bring that word back, you know, because some people think it's so light now. But it is light. Jesus said that what he's given us is light, you know, in regard to what we could be going through without him. Because yeah. it's harder without Jesus. That is that is proven. It's harder without the Lord. It's easier with the Lord. Because the Lord carries us. And he's not going to give us more than what we can handle. handle. Yeah. And the example of him on the cross. Father gave him, put all the sin of the world on him. But we know that he carried what the prophet went through in us, what we will go through. He already carried them on the cross. As, as David said in Psalm 22, they pierced his, his arm and feet, okay, with arrow. Okay, they pierced him. So the Lord was pierced also to justify David. Uh, Job suffered sickness. Suffer to unrecognize. Joe was unrecognizable. Jesus was unrecognizable in pain and suffering. Okay, Jeremiah back was beaten. Pieces of flesh off his back. He was beaten, practically to dying. Uh, we were watching. You seen the part in, in, the, in the cartoon they did now, Jeremiah. When he they took him out of the 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 what do they call that the 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 certain when they put Jeremiah out and and he couldn't he couldn't even speak but he was able to prophesy you know and and he looked so horrible so beat they beat him and they beat him until oh it was terrible terrible terrible. But Jesus, the same thing happens to Jesus in order to, to justify Jeremiah. Oh, my Lord, my God. It, it was just terrible what they went through, you know? My brother and sister. But it was on Jesus, and he carried them for their iniquity. Not just only the beat, the beating that he received, but he also carried their iniquity. Yeah. Not only the suffering, but the Bible says he carried also our iniquity. Mm-hmm. You know? My brother and sister. But Jeremiah did it in obedience to God. But I'm sure Jeremiah had his fall, right? Because we all do. Yeah. David had his fall, right? Because we all do. You know, when Nathan went to David and told him, that if he had not taken that woman to being his wife, God would have, would have enlarged his kingdom, you know? And David tear his garment crying and painting her. Jesus' garment was teared by the, by the soldier. David tear his own garment 
The rabbi would tear their own garment. Jesus' garment would tear by the soldier, mocking him. Even that was carried by Christ. The tear of the garment. The pulling of the hair. The pulling of the beard. Because some of the prophets went through that. They poured their the beard. Well, they did it to Jesus. He needed to justify them on the cross. And take their iniquity also. His love for us, his agape love for us, was shown on the cross. There's nothing you and I can say that Jesus did not took on the cross that we're going through. My brother and sister, it is the faith. What do you say to me about the faith that we need to have in him? Yeah, that's right. Um, that's, you know, that's the core of the of the whole New Testament, it's Christ, you know, what he did on the cross for us. You know, he gave me this earlier this week, and it was, um, and it was the, you know, uh, the Word became flesh. You know, God, you know, uh, created all things through Christ, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and so God himself, you know, our creator, because we, we are, we are, you know, Christ, Christ is, uh, Jesus is, uh, is our God. He's our Lord. And uh, he himself, it's like the Lord himself, God himself became flesh for us, you know. We, we, you know. And so our faith needs to be in him, just like Paul says, you know, um, my faith in Christ, you know, and, uh, you know, the hope of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And uh, the whole point is that God, what God is doing is when he's refining us, he wants us to be firm, you know, firm in our faith in Christ, you know, and uh, not waver, not doubting, because that's the whole that's the whole point of the New Testament. It's it's the core of what Jesus did on the cross. That's why demons hate that when you they cannot they can't confess, you know, they can't they hate it when we speak the cross. We they hate it. They hate the you know what Jesus did on the cross. It's because it's so powerful. That's why Christ is refining us, because he wants us to be firm, unmovable in what he did on the cross. That blood that was shed on, 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 the, on the cross, you know, that, that's our victory. You know, that's our, that's our testimony. You know, that's why we can stand firm, you know, and come boldly before Father. It's, it's the only way is through Christ. That's why he's refining us. It's because he knows when there's doubt in us, he's, he's, that's why he's putting us through the fire, you know, because he wants us to be unmovable, you know, unmovable and uh, and burning for Christ, you know, because we cannot come to, to you know, to God, you know, without Christ. He's, he's, he's the one bringing us, bringing us to Father and and uh, our faith. He, he, that's, why he, that's what he's doing. He's refining us and uh, that's why we go through certain sufferings. That's, you know, because it's, he's refining us. It's, we must be put through the fire because we're flesh, you know, and uh, and we need to be, you know, where he wants us to be through the fire and so he, he's good he gave me that early, you know earlier this week and 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 uh Pretty man. And, yeah thank you lord he's good well uh says that in john eleven twenty five, jesus sister i am the resurrection and the life no one who believed in me even if he's died hallelujah the one who believed in me even if he died he will live it says that from the beginning of the bathroom until the day he was taken out from us from among these, it's necessary that the one become a witness with us 
in his resurrection. Okay? Acts 31, seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of Messiah. He was not abandoning Haiti, hell. And his flesh did not experience decay. Praise your Lord. He fulfilled the word there. Fulfill it. With great power, the apostle were given testimony for the, of the restoration of the Lord Jesus. And with great grace was all in all them. Thank you, Lord. Romans 1, 4. I was appointed to be the powerful son of God. And was appointed to be the the... The powerful Son of God, according to the Spirit of Holiness, by the restoration of the dead. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Paul says to the Roman, For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his restoration. 1 Corinthians 15, 13. If there is no restoration of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And this is good because... He's saying, look, the ultimate was the restoration of Jesus. But if there's no restoration of death, then Christ was not resurrected. Paul was very bold in speaking about the Lord. Okay? My brother and sister, it's all for the glory of God uh, that, that, that everything that's been shown in the Bible to us, it is. Jesus glorified the Father clearly in everything he did. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Uh, but it is Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have been falling asleep. Of course there's going to be a resurrection, okay? Because Christ is the first fruit. Then follow anyone who believeth in him to come to, to life. And that's why there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. Millions of people coming out of the tomb naked. So there has to be enough clothing for them. And I remember for 30 years, God had been telling us to save on storage and clothing. Storage and clothing. Which, you know, you think about it, so many sizes of clothing, what size are we going to store, and all that. But then, you know, what the Lord is saying, you're going to have a lot of dead people coming out of the tomb soon, naked like a child was born in the hospital from his mother. He comes out naked. You have you as a mother have to have clothing for that child, for that baby. So so are these people coming out naked. And yes, we believe God will provide also. The Lord showed me a, a time when we're gonna come back to the earth and we pray for clothing to appear and they did appear. And the people that were naked were clothed. So it might be also that we're gonna have to exercise our faith soon. Yeah. You know, for people that will be coming out of the tomb. Uh, needing clothing, my brother insisted. I know we're going to need food also. So that's another thing God has shown me. We're going to pray for food. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen twenty one. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also come through a man, which is Jesus. So this is why we believe because his word is faithful. He's faithful. You know, he made us the promise. He's going to fulfill it. Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So his word are true. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. So then, uh, 1 Thessalonians, where he, he promised the dead being resurrected before the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4, which is another great example. 
There's going to be a resurrection before the rapture that the Lord has promised. So we know there's going to be a rapture. We also know that before the rapture there will be a resurrection. I used to think that the resurrection of the dead and the rapture were like almost like a tight event. One happened, happened the other one. But God, everything he's done under the sun, you know, he has set a, a timing for everything that he has done under the sun according to Ecclesiastes. So there will be a few days, few weeks, even months, I don't know, a few weeks, I would say, or days, after the resurrection of the dead. You know, because I also was thinking, you know, when I saw the dead and revival had not happened yet, that means that the dead are also will be part of the revival. Because the Bible called the revival the last rain, the last pouring of the Holy Spirit. So, the dead are going to be here for the revival. And no wonder people on the earth have seen so many people in the revival. So many people are going to be removed from the earth during the three days of darkness. And then people saw great multitude in the revival. So no one can explain how is that going to be. But you see that God has everything ready. God is perfect and everything is perfect with him. Many of the wicked are not going to make it for the revival. During the three days of darkness, they eliminated maybe millions, maybe billions of people. But he can also bring billions back from the dead. And then they'll be part of the revival. My brother and sister, these mysteries, when God reveals them to you, you're like, they're shocked seeing all this. Like, wow, where did all these people come from? They were all resurrected. Because I knew after the revival, the earth was cleansed again. It was like almost nobody, few people. I'm being honest. It was like, you know, I didn't even know that during the three days of darkness, even even like it happened in Egypt, which I, I don't remember reading it, but the first of the animals also got killed when the angel of death came. And, and remember that? And, and, and uh, when the firstborn were killed? Even the birth, animal, they were also dead. You know, so during the three days of darkness, the same thing happened again. Cats. Dog, bird, you know, we, we have here uh, the cardinal, right, which usually come and fly here around. After the three days of darkness, I was looking for the cardinal. There was none. I was looking at it like, this is the cardinal that used to stand there, you know, and, you know, what, what happened? The bees killed them. The bees ate them. So there's going to be such a cleansing coming up on the earth so soon, you know, and the Lord assured me, that no one in sin will make it through. God is putting his foot down on that. They're not going to make it if they're in sin, if they're not repenting. That's God putting his foot down on this. That's why the Lord said, go back and react too. Did, did the Holy Spirit fall on everybody? No. It fell upon those that were repenting. Only of them. Then the rest of the people, Peter stood up with the two and told them, Repent that you may receive the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So it did not come on everybody like I used to think, like people preachers there is. The Lord is not happy with people saying that he put his spirit upon all flesh in the day of Pentecost, because that's not what happened. He told me that. That's not what happened. Go read my word again. And I'm like, when I went and read the word again, oh, wow. It did not happen how they say in the churches, he put up his spirit upon all flesh. Mm -hmm. No, he did not. He called them to repentance. And then after they repent, they receive the Lord. Then they receive the Holy Spirit. 
God has established a rule and an order. God is the God of order. My brothers, that's why he divided the darkness, the light from the darkness. He's not going to let it together like people think, because that's what people are saying. If he put his power upon the wicked and evil people who are not repenting, what sense would that make? It doesn't make no sense. But if he leaves now a few of them to be evangelized and saved because their name is in the book of life, this is mercy then. You know? But there's a lot of surprising coming. To me, when the Lord spoke to me, he spoke to me so firm about this cleansing coming. That even if people are speaking by word, they're not going to make it, he says. Like, wow, foul language. That's that's strict. That is strict. Okay, that is strict. So the requirement that God is setting for the three years of life, that is about to happen. There is a big cleansing coming on the earth. You know, and a lot of people thought they would make it through. No, they're not. There is a sister, the Lord says to her, I'm taking your husband home before the three days of darkness. Why? Because he will not make it. He will not make it. You know, my brother and sister, the Lord said to her, I'm taking him home before the three days of darkness. Okay? And he's getting him ready to take him home now, like this year. You know? So I'm saying it's close. And a lot of people don't realize how close it is. You know, God is speaking to people in regard to that. It was the Lord that spoke to her, my brother and sister. Why? Because God is getting people ready. He's telling people to be ready. The Lord says to me, people should be repenting already. You know, they should be repenting. They should already been seeking God, getting ready with him. But if they're putting it off, they're not repenting. They're not being sincere. If they're not committing their life already, they're not being sincere. They're not going to make it the three days of darkness. That means that my preachings are practically over. He told me this. My message is practically over because in the moment the three days of darkness happen, my ministry is over. My brother and sister, it's over. That's it. We're going to get a glorified body. We won't be doing this no more. We're going one-on-one now. And then wherever the Lord sends us, we're going one-on-one. The country, he wants to have mercy upon them. He's going to send us there. You know? My brother and sisters. Whosoever he wants to have mercy upon, he's sending his people. You know? And and the dead will be walking around, resurrected, so I'm sure they're going to help us too. There's going to be such a mighty army on the earth. My brother and my sister. Hallelujah. But again... There is a cleansing coming. There was a cleansing in Egypt. But there was a deeper cleansing that we didn't realize that happened in Egypt. There was a deeper cleansing that we didn't realize that the Lord opened my eyes to see. And I'm going to share what that deeper cleansing was. God went and, and killed the firstborn in Egypt. All the angels were dead, right? When Pharaoh and all his army followed Moses into the Red Sea, God had the rest he killed him and all his army. That was a deeper cleansing to Egypt. Because when you read in the word of God, when Jesus comes to Moses, my brother and sister, in Exodus chapter 3, okay, the Lord says to Moses, I have, I have surely seen the affliction of my people 
who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of the taskmaster. Marvel insisted. I know their suffering. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out into the land, a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of the Canaanite, and that he mentioned all the nations. Okay? And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel have come to me. And I also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. I come and I send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people and my children out of Egypt. But Moses said unto God, Who am I and that I should go to Pharaoh and, and, and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know what Moses did not know here? Like the church does not know? Hallelujah. The, the cleansing that the Lord was bringing. Not only did God have planned to kill the firstborn, God also had planned to kill Pharaoh and all his army. My brother and sister, Pharaoh and all his army. You're talking about millions of men and people, okay, that God, that God eliminated. One in the day when the angel of day came, the firstborn were killed, my brother and sister. And second of all, when they went to the Red Sea, all the people got cleansed from, from Egypt. Yeah. What did God say to Moses? That they will not see them anymore. Okay? Did he not say that the Lord to them? You will not see them anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Talking about the Egyptians. That what they will see in, hallelujah, praise the Lord. They were not going to see him anymore. See if you can, thank you, Lord, find that. That the people that, that they were seeing, that was coming against them, God says to Moses, they were not going to see them anymore. Hallelujah. And we don't realize that a lot of the people we're seeing today, even people in office, Wicked people and evil people, we're about not to see them anymore. That's the cleansing that is coming. The people that were following them into the Red Sea was the greatest army and his captain and all these men that were still alive. That they feared that they would be caught up by them and killed. But God said to them, you found it, brother? Yeah. Go ahead, read it, brother. Yeah, it says that. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you, uh, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall not see them again no more forever. That was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Guess what? The, a lot of the people you're seeing today, maybe a million, you are about not to see them no more for how long? Brother Tony. Yeah, it says you won and another one that says you will never see them again. For a thousand years? Yeah. How long does it say that we will not see them anymore for a thousand years? Uh it says uh, uh you shall never see you shall never see again. My brother and sister forever is the word. Yeah, forever, yeah. Forever. Hallelujah. Forever. You see, why, that's why God was telling us for years to be witness to their neighbors, to share the word, to preach the word, 
Because we are not, we are about not, we are about not to see them forever. Can you imagine people that you know, people that you see on television, wicked people, evil people, blaspheming the name of God, this and that? We are about to see them no more forever. Forever, my brothers and sisters. When the Lord took, showed me, took me to hell a few months ago. I began to see hell enlarging itself, my brother and sister. And I was shocked. When I tell you I was shocked at what I was seeing, because I can see hell pushing, hallelujah, itself into itself. It's hard to explain, enlarge, hallelujah. Enlarging, thank you, Lord, itself. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Somewhere in the Bible, you're going to have to look it up. But it says, I have enlarged itself. Amen. Finally. Thank you, Lord. And it was pushing the people against each other, making room for all the people that were coming down. My brother and sister. And then I heard Sister Celestia, the Lord spoke to her, said that a lot of the people will be lost forever that are vaccinated. They were like, wow, that is sad. That is sad. Go ahead, read yeah. it. Yeah, it's Isaiah 5, 14. It says, therefore, hell, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure in their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. Ay, 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 ay. Enlarging herself. How is enlarging herself? Making room. Is what the Lord showed me. I could see it down there as I was standing there. How enlarging herself. My brother and my sister. It's terrible. The things that are about to happen and unfold in the days to come. And this is why the Lord wants prayer warrior. Very few prayer warriors the Lord has. And he wants prayer warriors of his people. People that will intercede for other people before it's too late. The Lord also spoke to me in the ark and said to me a few days ago that the last of the last was coming in until the ark is fully closed. I know it's shocking revelation to me. Because he said we'll be fully closed. Once it's closed, we're reading in Genesis 7, when God closed the ark. What happened when Father, when God closed the ark, the door of the ark? It was, that was it. That was it. I mean, it, it was it, it, it. When I tell you, it was it. In Matthew, we read that. When the Lord goes out, goes with his, his bride, my brother and sister, Father again closes the door. Okay? Hallelujah. It says that while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Verse 10. My brother and sisters, God is about to shut the door. And a lot of people read it and they take it light, like this, you know. Hallelujah. 
Oh, my Lord. The door was shut. Okay? When they went to buy more, the groom arrived, and those that were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. The door is about to be shut. And once it's shut, my brother and sister, the meaning after being shot, it, it, it's so difficult for a lot of us to understand. Because what does it mean? It means that whatever, whoever is in will go in into the wedding with the Lord. Whoever is out needs to stay in the great tribulation. doesn't mean that God has left you or abandoned or forsaken you. Hallelujah. My brother and sister. Okay? So... <laughs> Amen. So when it happens, after it happens, and this is why we need to, to be seeking the Lord, because let me tell you, uh, there's been a lot of people who have spoken against the rapture, the partial, the bride of Christ, my brother and sisters, but the rapture of the church is of Jesus, and he's the one that brought it to us, like in Matthew 25, my brother and sisters. Because he is the one that comes. And Paul said that he comes back at the last trumpet. Hallelujah. He replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, be alert because you don't know the day or hour. Okay? Jesus is coming back for his bride to have made herself ready. The rapture is the love of the word of God. My brother and my sister. Thank you, Lord. But you, you just need to understand that. You know, a lot of the, the, the what the Lord revealed is the celestial for the great tribulation. So remember also that the Word of God said that we, we prophesy in part. It doesn't mean that there's a lot of things we, we are saying the Lord is showing to us, or the Lord can show to us that we don't we don't fully understand. So please pray for Sister Celestial. Don't don't you know forgive her for anything you heard from her that you think it's hurtful, like anything against the rapture, remember that. Because I asked the Lord myself when she was talking about um, our being here for the economy for, I remember, and and then the Lord the Lord showed me that the church will be gone. You know what I'm, But she also talking about another church staying behind. And it's a look, the look, we say the lukewarm church is staying behind, but there are people that the Lord has spoken to to stay behind, Brother Tony and I was talking about a family who, who visited me and said, Brother Elby, did the Lord spoke to you anything about those that are staying behind the great tribulation that Jesus ordered them to stay behind and help those staying behind? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I, I didn't know nothing about that. The Lord had not said anything. On the contrary, he has shown me that I'm going home in the rapture. Okay? And so, yes, those staying behind, those Christians staying behind, the saints, Revelation 13, Talk about the saint and the persecution of the saint, the beast persecuting the, the saint and killing them, beheading them. Yes. And that's where people get confused with the saint that are staying behind, comparing them to the saint that are going home in the rapture. No. There is a group going home in the rapture, pre-rapture, and there's another group staying for the end of the seven years. Okay? Some people are appointed to stay behind. By the Lord, and we, we know we need to be careful, because the pastor and his daughter said to me, "Look, the Lord spoke to me." His daughter says, "And the Lord told me 
Thou, my father, and I, and my sister, my brother, our family are going to stay behind in the great tribulation to help help our people. And the Lord said, he, God said he will protect us. Hallelujah. He will protect us during the great tribulation. And the Lord had given her vision, staying behind, and the Lord protecting her from the demon that will be on the earth. And I said, well, sister, I'm sorry, but I didn't know nothing about that. She said, yeah, the Lord told me that. And if you want to stay behind, brother, all you got to do is ask the Lord. I said, no, I don't want to stay behind. No, I don't. <laughs> I respect, you know, I'm honest. I respect those that the Lord, and I admire them too, those that the Lord has told them to stay behind because it's going to take great suffering. And who am I to judge them too? Don't, don't judge people who want to stay behind to help other people because they say the Lord has spoken to them. Don't judge them, please. No. Because they, they are of the Lord. Okay? And they having a great desire to stay behind and help other people. Don't judge them for that. You know, remember that, you know, God gave us the measurement of faith. Yeah. And, and some people believe that they're very strong in that regard. That they don't need to fear the demon and all that. Father, they talk to me about a lot of people. Well, people staying behind that if they trust in him, he will protect them. So, and surely he's talking about his people staying behind, that will stay behind, that will trust the Father, will trust God. Yeah. He said he will protect them, too. Yeah. So, those are things that I didn't know, that I'm learning, the Lord revealing things to me, God speaking to me about these things. And then I come to the knowledge that I didn't know before. I always was ratchet, ratchet, or once I know ratchet, you know, and then the Lord convinced me that the ratchet was his message that I should be believing in the rapture, that if I didn't believe, I would stay behind, he says to me. So a lot of the people who don't believe in the rapture, that are Christian, will have to stay behind. Jesus told me this. Jesus says to me, if you don't believe in my rapture, you're not coming home with me, he says. When I didn't believe in the rapture, or when I stopped believing in the rapture, he says, if you don't believe in my rapture, you're not coming home with me in the rapture. I said, wow. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> That is very inconvenient for me now, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I repented to the Lord. I cried to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And I repented and cried for days because I said, Lord, no, no, I don't, I don't want to stay behind. Okay? So, again, if someone the Lord has spoken to stay behind and is telling you, look, God told me to stay behind. He'll protect me. He'll keep my family and I. Hey. You know, oh, God bless you. Yeah, you, you really have a strong faith. You know, and, and, and don't don't discourage people. Oh, you're, you're not of God. You know, some people criticize it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? I told sister, look, I respect what, what you're saying. And if you, you're telling me that God, God called you to do that, amen. Amen. I won't judge you for that. I'm nobody to judge anyway. So if God is the one calling you to stay behind, you know, we must respect those people. Yeah. we got to be careful what we say against them because... Again, they are after Lord. Now, there is a, a evangelist, evangelist uh, Juanita. What was it? Juanita. What's her complete name? I forget. Uh, Fuente. Anita, Anita, Anita Juanita. Which one is? Uh, Anita Fuente. Anita Fuente. Yeah. I was standing with the Lord in heaven because I remember I listened to her, and she was very anointed on YouTube. And she had really powerful service. And 
Anita Fuente, thank you, sister. And I was standing with Jesus looking down to the earth to one of her message. And Jesus said to me that she's she 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 is his. Okay, he love he Jesus loved Anita Fuente very much. That's his child. Okay. She preached myth rapture. Not pre or post. Myth rapture. Which that's another teaching going around on YouTube and on a lot of places. Myth rapture. Okay. And I remember standing with the Lord talking about her. Okay. And the Lord said that she is his child. Okay. And for me to be and careful not to say anything against her. Okay. And from that moment after Jesus spoke to me about her. Okay. Because the Lord can bring her into that, into the great tribulation and protect her. So when, who are we to say anything if the Lord is with her? Okay? So it just, we just need to be careful. Shalom, Sister Renee. We just need to be careful that we don't go ahead and criticize some, someone of God because it will not please into the Lord. So the Lord says to me, be careful what you say about her. He's very serious for her. He loves her very much. She she had gone through a lot, a lot. When I say she gone through a lot, and the Lord is still with her, you know. So, my brother and sisters, I, I'm just speaking to the one the Lord has shown me. If He says to me about anybody else, I will say it. But just about her, that the Lord, you know, she believed in that Mitt Ratcher teaching, but the Lord is with her, you know. And I have questions about other things, but this is what the Lord said to me in heaven. You prophesy in part. Okay? Let me see where's that in prophesy in part. Because there's another word um, that he says also in part. And it's in Corinthian. I know it's in Corinthian. I'm just trying to see where in Corinthian. Thank you, Lord. A part is, is not a full. It's not full. Uh, yeah, First Corinthians 13. Go ahead, read it, brother. It said, uh, uh, says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. There you go. Yeah. We know in part. Yeah. Okay? So we don't know everything. We don't know. It doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. Or you pray. We don't know everything. Okay? And that's we're better off not knowing everything anyway. Because I think if we knew anymore, we'll ruin things. <laughs> so we don't know everything, and it's good. Until we go to the perfect body, perfect mind, right. and we understand all these mysteries. Yeah. That right now we don't know. But he said that we know in part, we prophesy in part. That's what he said. Okay? And that's what's important in all this. Okay, my brothers and sisters. Okay, so whoever stay behind, we don't criticize people. I know that the Lord, when I asked the Lord about my email, I got two emails with 666, which is 999, but upside down is 666. Hallelujah. Amen. Who are to judge one another, servant to his own master, indeed, he will be stand, God is able to make a stand, Roman fortune, amen. Brother Miguel, that's, that's powerful, thank you, Lord. And that is true. That that is so so true. My brother and sister. 
So we we are to encourage one another, pray for one another. Jesus said, okay. So we you know we won't fall into temptation. You know, Jesus said, pray and watch if we don't fall into temptation. And a lot of times, why do we fall into temptation? Because we don't pray. I notice that the most I pray, the less I'm being tempted. Mm-hmm. But the less I pray, the more I'm being tempted. So temptation, most of our temptation, most temptation comes because of a lack of prayer. Yeah. You know, the prayer of the righteous availing much. Right. Can keep us standing strong in the Lord. And you saw how Jesus prayed. He prayed all nine long. I, I remember a brother, what was his name? That used to pray all nine long. Hector Cruz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they will come when he will go evangelize. At one time, he was staying in his family in Central America. And his family... This family, he says he came to evangelize there. He had all these uh, service already scheduled for him to preach in the different days. So he came to stay in this family, and the family testified that Hector, you know, they finished the service. Everybody is like, you know, come, come to the house. We'll prepare chocolate, bread, and things like that after the service. And, you know, he says, oh, I'll enjoy some before I go into prayer. And they're like, what do you mean? We just had, like, Eight or nine hours of service, healing, miracle, and all that. And instead of going to the hotel to sleep or to the room that they have for him to sleep, he went into prayer. Mm-hmm. They're like, but then he said, okay, we'll pray with you only three hours. One o'clock, the brothers and sisters were all falling asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, no, we're tired. We're going to go to sleep. All right. And he stayed in prayer, speaking in tongue. He was speaking in tongue in prayer. And the family testified that 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, they can still hear him speaking in tongue in his room in prayer. Come 10 o'clock in the morning, he was still speaking in tongue in his room. Come 2 o'clock in the morning, he was still speaking in tongue in his room. You know, and they say, uh, so when do you sleep? He says, when I need to. God will give me rest. You know, and sometimes he... If it were three hours of travel, five hours of travel to the church, mm-hmm. he would sleep during the time. He would say, if you don't mind, I want to lay back in the back of the car and fall asleep, you know. Mm-hmm. And he will fall asleep in the back of the car because he will be praying all night long. Mm-hmm. But we find Jesus sleeping in the boat. Yeah. And if you're one of the persons who like to criticize other people because they say, instead of helping these other men, he's sleeping because you don't understand. He was praying all night long. Yeah. His body was tired. He needed to catch up on sleep, right? So in the bowl, it was a perfect moment. Like like Hector in a car, in a five-hour travel, he will get only three hours of sleep because mm-hmm. he had not slept all night long. He didn't look to sleep in the night. He looked to pray. And mm-hmm. He followed that example from Jesus. He saw it in the Word. Jesus prayed all night long. You know how, how long did Jesus ask his disciples in Gethsemane to pray with him? One hour. At what, time in, at what time did they come to arrest Jesus? I want you to look it up in your own Bible. At what time did they come to arrest Jesus? My brothers and sisters, he only asked them to pray one hour in the night. He stayed up in prayer again until the time they came to arrest him, to take him in the morning to jail before the high priest. He prayed all night long. 
My brother, he never slept during the night. He prayed all night long. He never looked to sleep. The Lord confirmed this to me. Jesus told me this. Yes, my son, I never looked to sleeping. He says to me. Because I, I saw it in his word, and I said, Lord, wait a minute. And he confirmed it to me. He said, yes, I never looked to sleeping. Okay? And that's why I wonder, where is in the Bible that we should be looking to sleep? Because, you know, David said, early would I seek thee. David also had a prayer life. And the Hebrew that was taken captive had no time to sleep. Daniel had no time to sleep because he had to be in prayer. So where do we get that attitude that we need to be sleeping eight hours every day? You know, it's an attitude that we have that when the Lord called me to pray, I was like, I wanted to argue with Jesus, Lord, God forgive me and God stop me from it. That I needed to get eight hours of sleep and he was calling me into prayer. He wanted me to stay in prayer, and I wanted to convince the Lord that I needed to get eight hours of sleep. What he was telling me, what I was telling him was against what he was telling me. I was speaking against the will of God. Like in Gethsemane, he was telling them to pray, stay one hour and pray with him. They could not even pray with him one hour, you know? So we need to ask the Lord to help us to pray overnight because when did the tenter comes? When we are asleep, to put dirty dreams into our mind, do we fall in those dirty dreams? No, if you are in prayer. Yes, if you're not. How many people could commit fornication and adultery, even stealing in their dreams? What are you doing robbing a bank in your in the dreams? Go into the wrong woman's house in your dream. Go into the wrong man's house in your dream. What are you doing? You're committing adultery and fornication in your dream. Is, do you think that thing is not counted for? Of course it is. Yeah, it, is. it is. Because we're the one doing it, and it's a lack of prayer in our life. If you find yourself sinning in your dreams, you need to repent, and you need to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do so I won't be sinning in my, in my dream? He may want you to be spending more time in prayer, especially people on Social Security, receiving a check and sleeping all day and all night long, when they should be praying all night long, at least. There are people getting a check where they have enough time to be in prayer. And I'm just thinking, instead of just thanking God for that check, you should be thanking God for your life and asking God that you will spend more time in prayer with him. My brothers and sisters, I am telling you, hallelujah, in the Lord, time is precious. Time is precious. God help us. God help us. I'm asking the Lord to help me to love praying. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is. The devil wants us to hate praying. Why why is that? You ever find out why, Brother Tony? Yeah, yeah. Um there's always this he he will always try to distract you whenever you're whenever you're uh coming to prayer. Some way, somehow he, he tries he's gonna try, you know, no matter what. Why is prayer such a burden? You know, and uh uh, he, the enemy, you know, he, which he's gonna try all he can um, to try to stop us from prayer, either something, you know. Sometimes you feel tired, or I don't know where you just feel tired, and and uh, but it's because prayer is 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 uh, you know the best thing we can do down here, you know, and uh, pr prayer really is, is is the key, 
you know, when you pray, um, it is the key, you know. Um, like you said, prayer in the morning is the, the most powerful. I mean, there is a, uh, the Lord confirmed, you know, Proverbs 8 says, I love those that love me and those that seek me early will find me. So God tells us, and then he confirms in the New Testament when he said he would be in prayer all night. You know, and so night, the night prayer is really the prayer that there's, it's very powerful, you know, the night, the night prayer. And, uh, but just praying anywhere, really, I mean, you can be, like we said uh, the other day, we can pray anywhere. We can be praying, you know, anywhere where we're at, you know, whatever you're doing, pray, you know, because, um, because that's, 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 that's our calling, you know, prayer, you know, prayer is, uh, it's, it's, it's not it's not avoided you know prayer goes to father and when one of his little ones his his people pray you know there's power in that and and that goes you know that goes straight to his throne you know and uh thank you lord and it, it's very powerful prayer is powerful amen we need to we need to to spend more time in prayer god help us to yeah. my brother and my sister because our our relationship with with, with him and he knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Mm-hmm. And he knows that we need prayer. We need to pray. We need to spend more time in prayer. The enemy is stealing a lot from God's people because of the lack of prayer. Yeah. The Lord showed me this. Remember when he showed me that Satan had all these things he stolen from people. It was like a big valley. And he had RVs, homes, money, a lot of things that people... Uh, wanted God to give to them, but somehow they given up in prayer. And the devil took those things from them, stole those things from them because of the lack of prayer. And then we want God to do this, give us this and that. But he says, ask, and that's his prayer. Yeah. Asking is prayer. Yeah, it is. When you spend time with God in prayer, asking God, God will give you. God will answer you. God will, will, will you know, haven't you gotten tired of the devil stealing what is yours, what God has promised to give you, but because you're giving up on God, you're giving up on praying, the devil steals stuff from you, yeah. and it hurts you, and, and people take it against God. Why did God allow this? And God will say to them, no, you allowed it when you stop praying. You allowed it when you stop believing. You allowed it when you stop seeking me. It is you who have allowed it. Because I've given you the power, he says, to turn on serpent and scorpion. And all, and all the power of the enemy. Mm-hmm. In his name, he says. He has given us the power over the devil and all the demon. But then we sit there blaming God. When God has given the church the power and the authority in Christ. My brother and sister, he's asking us to claim his promise. That he will open the windows of heaven and put our blessing on us. That we will not be able to, to withheld so much blessing. But what happened? Is God unfaithful? No. God is faithful. But our lack of prayer is sickening. We need to get more into prayer with God. We need to go back to praying. One thing that God is saying in the last days that is lacking in the church is praying. Because the olden people that God took to heaven, they used to be praying warriors. They prayed. Jesus said that his, pray, his prayer warriors are always praying. Jesus says to me, they're always praying. 
Those are his prayer warriors. So he wants us to spend time with him in prayer because whatever we pray and intercede for, now that we pray for Texas and Arizona, we're going to see a change. But we need to stay in that prayer every night. Like, like Elisha. Did Elisha do one prayer and walked away and said, no, it's, it's already prayed. It was already done. No, he stayed in prayer. Fervently, says, says um, uh, James. Elisha prayed fervently. So when I hear fervently, it sounds to me like fire. He was on fire yeah. in prayer. Elisha prayed on fire for God, fervently. And said to her servant, go see if you see any cloud. And he always saw a tiny cloud. I'm already seeing a tiny cloud in Texas. Thank you, Lord. You know? But Elisha sent his servant, and he was still in prayer. His servant came back. Elisha still in prayer. Elisha said to his servant, go back and see what you see. Elisha was still in prayer. His servant go see this time. I think the cloud was bigger now. Yeah, yeah. Heard it very small. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah, he comes back to tell Elijah, so what do you see? Elijah was still in prayer. Mm-hmm. The prayer of the righteous availed much. So why do you, what are you doing while you're waiting for your promise from God? You need to have the same attitude of Elijah. You need to be praying. You need, don't, don't give up on praying. Don't give up on God. You stay in prayer. You stay praying. You stay in the city. You keep fasting every week. You continue to do it because God will answer you. And what happened when the rain comes? It came like a flood. The Bible says that it was like a flood. It flooded the earth. It flooded all that area when it came. Why? Because Elisha was praying on fire for God until the water came. God answered, my brother and sister. God would answer us if we continue to pray fervently like Elisha, claiming his promise, declaring it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer, if you need to fast, you pray You pray to fast, that you are able to fast, and the Lord will help you on that. Amen. We'll agree in prayer. Got to ask the Lord. You got to pray. Got to intercede. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes a lot of people get bad news in their family. You know, God allows certain things to test your faith and for you to pray about it because he has given you the power. So since he has given you the power, he's waiting for you to do something about it. Thank you, Lord. He's waiting on you. And you say you're waiting on God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You say you're waiting on God, and God's waiting on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you. I think it's Luke or Mark. I think it's Mark that says that. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome God. Awesome, awesome God we serve. We're almost done here. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, Yeshua. Praise you, praise you, Jehoshua. We're in the last days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In these times, we'll accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Demons will leave in the name of the Lord. 
They will speak a new tongue. Amen. They will pick up snakes. And if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hand on the sick, and they will get well. Hallelujah. These are the promises of the Lord for us in the last days. But we need to, hallelujah, we need to listen and receive what the Lord is saying to us. Hallelujah. Because he, he makes a promise that he's looking for us to believe it. My brother insisted. He's looking for us to to claim it, declare it. Amen, because he's faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. 24. Praise you. I'm looking for another verse because there's something there to say there. Earlier was in Luke. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. And the repentance for forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. The repentance, the repentance for forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Notice how you have to proclaim, okay, before I keep reading here. You have to pro- proclaim what the Lord has said. You have to proclaim it. It's not that just, you know, you no, you have to proclaim it. It has to be proclaimed. Repentance, I'm, I'm in Luke 24, 47. Repentance and for forgiveness of sin. We Will he proclaim in his name to all the nation, beginning in Jerusalem? You are witness of these things, and look, I'm sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from a high. But look what he says. While my father promised. These are promises of God. These are promises of God. Okay? That we need to stand on in the promise of God. He made the promise to us. Okay? That's Luke, that's Luke 24, 49. Okay? My brothers and sisters, he made this promise from on high. From power from on high. Power comes from God. God makes the promise. So we stand on those promises. Okay? By repenting for forgiveness of sin will, will be proclaimed in the name, in his name to all the nations. So in the name of Jesus to all the nations, we need to tell them repent. If they're not going to repent and the three days of darkness comes, that's it for them. That's the end of those generations. They're, they won't make it through. I'm sorry for those that may have family who's not repenting or, or, you know, but if you're praying for that, God will honor your prayer. God can still save them, you know, especially with judgment coming. We need to be in prayer for our family. I'm praying for mine. The Lord already has shown me saving my, my unsaved family. He is faithful. He can do so. Jesus is at the right hand of Father interceding. So we need, we need to learn, my brothers and sisters, to do the same. We need to learn to, to be like Christ. Learn to pray. Learn to intercede. Learn to ask God for what he has promised. Because he's the one that made the promise to you and I. 
Thank you, Lord. It is for us to uh, believe him and put it in action. Put it in action every day in our prayer lives. If you put in action the word of God every day in your prayer life, you will see the hand of God in your behalf. God will move. God will make everything possible for us. God is waiting for us to take action on him. As we supposedly are waiting for God to, to, to take action, God is waiting for us to take action. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like Jesus said to me in heaven and his throne, if they come to me, I will meet them halfway. Why didn't he say I will meet them all the way? I will meet them halfway. Because mm-hmm. God wants you to do something. Yeah. If you believe, you have to confess with your mouth. If you believe, you have to believe in your heart. So you have to do something. Some people expect God to do everything. Yeah. Whatever your part of believing, yeah. confessing. We have to confess our sins yeah. to him. Okay? He expects us to do that, confess our sins, confess our trespasses, because then we'll be insincere. See, Esther did not stay still when she heard that all his Jewish nation were going to be destroyed. See, that's the great example with women and men. It doesn't matter if you are a woman or a man. It doesn't matter with God. God wants to see you doing something about it. Mm-hmm. What did Esther do when she heard as a queen that her people, Naaman, Naaman? Haman. Haman. Haman had a plan to destroy his, her nation? What did she do? She called his people into fasting. And praying. And she fasted. It was not like, okay, you people, go ahead, you fast. Let me know when you finish your fasting and I'll go to the king. Because yeah. that's the way a lot of people do it today. All right, you go ahead, Brother Tony, you pray for me and let me know when God answer me and then we'll get together. Yeah. yeah. Sounds easy, huh? Yeah. Sounds like ordering pizza, huh? <laughs> yeah. No. Got to do something about it. Yeah. Like when people write to me and say, Brother Elby, you know, I lack this, I need God to do this, I need to do that. Then I say, all right, okay, go ahead, fast and pray. We do it in agreement. Yeah. You know? But some people say, can you can you go ahead and do it for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know, it's so easy that way. But that's not what Esther did. That's not what Abraham did. Well, you destroy the just with the wicked, God. Mm-hmm. Abraham prayed. Abraham interceded for law. Moses interceded for his people in the mountain. Jesus interceded for his disciple. Interceded for Peter that his faith will not fail him. You know, we need to be intercessor like the Lord, like Christ. Intercede, pray. Don't stand there and say, all right, let me see who I'm going to call to pray for me. So it can be done. You already have the high priest before Father. You already have Jesus before Father who can pray and intercede. God is waiting for you to take a step to do something about it. Yeah. As you're waiting on God to do something about it. Yeah. God is waiting for you okay. to do something. And one day you'll go to the throne and you say, Father, I was not expecting for you to do something. And God said, I was sitting here waiting for you to do something. Because mm-hmm. I've given you the power through my son to step on a uh, uh, serpent and scorpion, hallelujah, and to proclaim my promise and pray and I'll give unto you. 
My promise already been spoken, my daughter. Do you think my word is weak? Do you think what I have spoken is weak? Let me show you the power of my word. Mm-hmm. And when you see the power of his word in heaven, you say, wow, it's so powerful, God. That's the power of my word that can bring anything to pass. There's no devil that created that can stop my word from coming to pass. All you have to do is believe in us and claim it and declaring you to have it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I was taken to a place in heaven where I was shown like in a circle, like in, in a, I don't know how many acres of land. It has like a fence around, spiritual fence, and it was moving, going along like a hurricane going in a circle in that piece of land, and that land in heaven. And inside there were all the promises of God, declared by God, that we can claim and declare on the earth. And the Lord brings it to pass. And the Lord showed me. And in there I can see that God had answered my prayer. They were in there. But they will come to pass when I will claim them. When I will ask God and declare them, they will come to pass in my life. And the Lord also showed me there. That, like, from the time of Abraham until now, all those like David and then whoever that pray, their prayer there were answered by God also. And they received the promise from God because they fervently pray like Elisha until they received the promise. And God showed me how he had answered. The Lord showed me how God had already given them all that they asked for, exactly from that same place. And now that we, the church of Christ, have the same power to open heaven in prayer that we can claim and declare, and God will also give it to us in that place. And I was standing there in shock, or I was looking in there in shock, because I, 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 I think I was still standing in the air and looking at this power of God moving, full of the power of God in this place, and all the prayer and petition, where they are. God had already spoken them, and all we had to do was ask. And then Genesis said that he already finished all his work. God already finished all his work. That all we had to do is declare them, proclaim them, and God, my brother and sister, will give it to us. We cannot be lazy to pray and ask. Because one thing we can say is we are lazy to pray, but we need to ask the Lord to help us. You know, I'm not there like Christ to pray every nine, eight hours. But I'm asking the Lord to help me in prayer. And for two nights now, I asked the Lord to pray through me. I heard someone say, ask the Lord to pray through you and watch what happened. I began to ask the Lord to pray through me. And when I went in prayer, the hour passed so fast, I was stunned. I'm telling you, it felt like it was five minutes in prayer. And when I look at the clock, I was stunned that I've been in prayer, and, and, and I can hardly feel it, asking the Lord to pray through me. It's powerful. I, I didn't know if someone said, Brother Elby, ask the Lord to pray through you, and watch what happens. It is powerful. You're praying in the Spirit, the Lord's praying through you, and the prayer, time goes by so fast, you don't even notice. Thank you, Lord. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Ask the Lord to pray for you. 
and ask him to help you to stay awake while you're praying, to take complete sleep out of you. Especially like when he praying through you, he takes sleep away. Like I was, I was not even asleep. You know, I'm like, I'm in the morning and I'm like, I'm not even asleep. I don't even feel that tired. And it's been happening for me for two days now. I, I like this because I used to come out more tired. I'm like, wow, my body hurts so much. It doesn't hurt so much anymore. Yeah. When the Lord helps you, you know, there's so much the Lord help us with. But this to me was like a new thing, and I love it. And I'm sharing it now with you. Ask the Lord to pray through you. My brothers and sisters, Man, but thank in you, this revelation, then, thank you, Jesus. Which I was thinking it was the beginning of the great revelation <laughs> when I saw people turning. Okay, but I could not tell. Okay, my brothers and sisters, let me read a couple more verses and I go back to the to the revelation. Uh, Job fifteen twenty two. He believed now that he shall return out of the darkness. Okay, and he waited by the sword. Sword are the one going out to kill them, to take them out. And I heard there will be government intervention during the three days of darkness, shooting, shooting these beasts, knocking these people that are going to turn, killing them. Okay? They know what is going to happen, and the army are going to be ready for them. And so when these people turn, they're going to shoot them. Well, Job, as I'm reading Job here, 1522 says, he, be, he believed that he should not return out of the darkness. This is the state of mind of those that goes into the darkness, are not walking with God, are not repenting, the wicked, we will say. In his state of mind, in the moment he finds himself in the three days of darkness, he knows there's no return. Okay? Like people, when they go to hell, they know that it's forever. There's no return out of that. Okay? And he is, he is waited for by the sword. He doesn't know that the sword, that they're out to get them. They're out to kill them. My brother insisted. That's incredible. It's incredible. Okay? They don't know there's a sword ready for them. Okay? To take them out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Lee Chris, if she's listening, she can... Let us know. Praise your Lord. Either email me or go in the chat room. I'll wait for her. Amen. So, this, there will be a sword waiting for them. Job fifteen twenty three. He wandered a, a broth for bread, a lack of bread. Okay? So, I mean, sometime our economy will have a lack of bread. So, well, there will be no bread for people. Okay? A lot of people believe this is the economy falling. Job fifteen twenty three. He wandered uh, a broth of bread, saying, what is it? And the only way you can say where it's bread, because there's none. You can't find none. You can't find none. Okay? Okay? So it could be that the darkness coming up, also there will be the lack of bread. And God showed me that we cannot go to the supermarket, example, and buy bread because they're going to implement the mark of the beast. The RFID. And you will have to be, be fully vaccinated and fully RFID. Actually, they have a hidden agenda, Biden does. And it is that they, now that the, the CBDC had gone into action this year, 
and companies are changing, credit union banks are changing to the CBDC. They're going to allow everyone to go into the CBDC. That's the idea. From here on, everyone will go into the CBDC. And to the moment comes what the government said, you have to show proof of fully vaccinated in RFID. There's two numbers you need to show to us in order for you to pull your money out, use some of your money, okay? Because everything is going to the CBDC. Your credit union, your bank, your local bank will send you letters soon that the federal government had ordered everyone to go into the CBDC, and you have a letter on your hand, if some of you already don't have it, and then after that, they'll keep it on for a few months, I don't know how many months, until everyone feels comfortable, everyone will start using the banks, everyone start using the, the new system of the CBDC, okay, which is originally the Genesis system that we talked about over three years ago. That's a CBDC system, okay, that the federal government was getting ready for three years ago more. Okay, so this new system now, banks, federal banks are feel comfortable. They love it. It's fast. They can get their money right away, millions and billions right away available. It's secure. It's very easy to use, even with Apple Pay. Actually, Amazon already ordered that all their store have implemented, according to the federal regulation, the CBDC system machine. They have a machine, Amazon has a machine, directly that will use a CBDC anywhere in any Amazon store. And some of the airport in the United States, they're already bringing in this machine. There was a guy who made a, a YouTube video about this. He went to this Amazon store and could not, okay, because one of the requirements in that CBDC machine is you have to give the vaccination number, COVID-19 vaccine number. Okay, and he, he did, he's not vaccinated, so he couldn't purchase anything in, the, in that Amazon store. And the federal, and, and Sister Celestia, the Lord has revealed this to her, okay? Okay, you saw it in, in the Whole Foods store. There you go. Someone already saw it. Sister Celestia, the Lord last year spoke to her about this, and Jesus says to her, that Amazon has been given the authority, or maybe it was the beginning of this year, the authority already to implement this in every Amazon store, CBDC machine, that without you being shipped or RFID, you cannot purchase in the store. Okay? It's already going out there. Millions of these machines will be going out, and then they'll become to be in months from now, I don't know how many months, Mandatory. Okay? Mandatory. They're going to be mandatory. It's what the Lord tells us to celestial. And they're already putting them out there in their store. Okay? So, my Lord, my God. Okay? It's all coming out quickly. It's all happening quickly. Quicker than what we thought. So, in yesterday morning revelation, Jesus wanted to show me something. Okay, how quickly things are going to change in our world. They're going to change so fast that in a few months from now, we will be shocked and surprised that every time we talked about months and years ago, how already come to pass? God help us. How already in a few months from now, 
counterbalance is what he showed me. My brother and sister. And then the great tribulation begins. My my mother in law is about seventy two and her husband. And in this revelation yesterday morning, uh, as far as we know, she's not vaccinated for him. She had listened to me on here on the Lord Tower in Spanish, mostly. And in this revelation, we are in this place where the great tribulation begins, I believe. Could have been the three days of darkness that are about to happen. This is why I'm like, Lord, Lord, okay? Which of the true? It's a question. Because according to the Lord, it's about to happen. What is about to happen, we know it's the three days of darkness. Then comes the tribulation later on, okay? But she began, her husband began to be changed into a werewolf. I saw how his long neck stretched out. And I saw how he began to change. When I looked at her who was next to him, she began to walk backward, and she also began to change. Okay? My perception of her changing, that she was also going to change into a werewolf. My brother and sister. But he was already changing into a werewolf as I was seeing him. My brother and sister. And we have to... I told my family, going at the very moment when he was changing, and I saw her begin to change, I said to my wife, do you know that your mother got vaccinated? And she's like, this is in the revelation of the Lord. She's telling me, no, I didn't know this. They never told me. They, they had listened to your program, and they knew not to take the COVID-19 by seeing, but they had a lot of questions about it. They had questioned even what you said about the COVID-19 by seeing because they have friends who has taken it, and, they, and they, they, believe, they got brothers from the church who have taken it by seeing, and they think they're okay. So they, they're still questioning whether they should take it or not. And I'm, okay, everyone makes their own decision. Remember, I'm just a messenger. I give you the word from the Lord. You take it in prayer with the Lord. You seek the Lord about it. Okay, but when you question the word of God, my Lord, help us. And then she began to change. At that very moment, I told my, my, my wife and children to go in. We were locking the door. So this is why I believe this was the three days of darkness. Because, again, to me, this was the first time the Lord is showing to me. Okay? Oh, that is so sad because that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to change. And you have no control of that because that's, that's, what, that's the effect of the by seeing. Okay, falling in your blood in it. Shalom, brother Miguel. It's just the fact of the matter that we have no control of that because they made their own decision. They're adults. Amen. That is for the children of those parents that make the decision. <coughs> Excuse me. That make the decision for the children to be vaccinated. That those are sad stories because those children had no. Saying it, their parents made the decision for them and got them vaccinated. And this is why with the Lord show me my neighbors as seven and eight, and I believe not, seven and eight and six years old, three of them, I believe it is. And 
the mother, we talked about, to them about the Baisim, but they still got them vaccinated. And the Lord showed me they're going to run to your door, to knock on your door in the three days of darkness, knocking, and I saw them and I heard them, to please open the door for them. And God let me know, we're not to open the door. We're not. Okay? And I didn't ask them for the outcome. But we know that the outcome is, now I know is they're going to turn. They're going to turn. And when they do turn, the sword is prepared for them. Government is ready for that. They're going to start taking out these beasts. Bible system. It's not to say, okay, Joe fifteen thirty. he shall now depart out of darkness, the flame to dry up in his branches. Okay? This verse here, as I was reading it earlier, I didn't know that, like, what happened in Florida with the heat and with the Yellowstone awakening, neither. Okay, which is volcano. Okay? It's because the darkness is closed, one. That Yellowstone is awakening, and it's going to explode soon. Scientists already know this, and prophecy has been going on for years. The flame to dried up in his branches. It's going to dried up the branches. And, and, and by the breath of his mouth shall he go away. Bible and sister. So death there will be available for these people right away. Okay? It's just the fact of the matter. Whoever is vaccinated with COVID-19 by seeing, it's a rest of the family. Because the effect of the by seeing changes their DNA. And they're going to change into peace. Okay? They're going to change. Thank you, Lord. Joel 17, 12. They changed the line in today. Light is short because of the darkness. So the great tribulation, this is how it is every day. Light is short. It's not like now you get eight hours. Of, no. You may get one or two, and, and it's, it's just dim. Dim, dim, dim. Okay? In the three days of darkness, it's pitch black. It's a great example of the great tribulation. Okay? But the three days of darkness brings a transformation. Okay? For, for the church in a transformation for the, for the vaccinated into beasts, which I didn't know much about this until now the Lord showed me, and I was so shocked by the revelation because I, we saw loved ones that we know changing, transforming into beasts that we didn't know were vaccinated. Because this is another thing. People are lying to us. Family who are taking the vaccine are saying to us, no. But God is revealing the hidden. Their lies. God is exposing darkness in the last day we're in, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Joe said in, in Job 13, 17, 13, if I waited, the grave is my house. I have made my bed in darkness. And that's, that's a good question. What are you waiting for to be repenting, to be seeking the Lord? What are you waiting for? There's no time left to wait. Joe said, if I waited... I made my house in the grave. That's exactly. If you're not waiting for Jesus, if you're not seeking the Lord now, getting ready to repentance and, and hallelujah, daily repenting, weekly fasting, daily confession, asking the Lord to cleanse you with his blood, body, soul, and spirit, you are wasting your time. 
and the grave will be the only thing waiting for you because they are going to take out the vaccinated. Sorry to say, you know, so we're starting my life, pray for your family and pray for the nonstop. That is the key. Okay, whatever they are, it don't matter. It's that you are praying for them nonstop, okay, until they're changed back into normal, until they'll be saved. And you're praying not just for them to be changed back. You are praying for their salvation. That's what's important. Pray for your family's salvation, those that are vaccinated. Pray for them to be saved. Because I'm telling you, what is coming is the end of evil, the end of darkness, in a sense, where God is bringing a cleanse, and then whoever makes it through will be saved through a revival, because God is bringing a revival, and the revival is not for the wicked who's not repenting. The wicked will be removed. The revival will be for those that will need a second chance, because our God is a second chance God. He will give them a second chance. My brother and sisters, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Job eighteen eighteen. He shall driven, he shall be driven from the light into darkness, and chased out of the world. No more will they be part of the world. Okay, and that's exactly what happened to the bastards. They are chased. This world is not the world anymore. Where they are hell are the hell and hell, in the heart of, the, of this earth. My brother and sister. It's not easy for them being down there. It's very hard, difficult. Demons are making their life very hard and difficult. And they can see them every day face to face, coming to torment them and give them bad news. Okay? They are driven from the light into darkness. How did this happen? Okay? Because for, for three days there's no sun. Darkness has come upon them. Chasing out of the world, the whole plan of the enemy is to take people out of this world. God's going to allow a cleansing. There will be a cleansing coming. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Joel 19.8. He has fenced up my way that I cannot pass. He has set darkness in my path. Hey, Joel. This is the life of the wicked. Job experienced the life of the wicked man. That God has fenced up the way. Fence. They cannot pass that fence. They cannot go beyond those limitations that God is setting over their lives. A fence. A fence up my way. That's the way of the wicked being fenced up. And he says, I cannot pass, Job said. The wicked won't be able to pass these limitations. These fans that God is setting before them. Okay? And has set their pattern darkness. The way will be totally darkness. Demon, demonic. They will change into werewolf, beast, flying bird, two-headed monster. That's the only way they're going to go by. Live by. Until they're destroyed. Unless there's a family member praying and interceding for them. Because the doors are hell cannot hold back the church from praying for anyone, for interceding. The doors on hell cannot hold back the church. Okay? Your prayer, okay, your intercession will go to heaven, and hell will be reached out. Their soul can be saved. The, the, the doors on hell cannot hold you back and I. And they have tried, and they would like to, but they cannot hold the church back. 
You can pray. You can intercede for anyone who's been vaccinated, and God will save them. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil also, the Bible says. Okay? He can destroy anything the devil has done to the DNA. He can overturn it. He can make them new. My brothers and sisters, the power has been given to the church. It's out to you now. God have mercy. Joel 20, 26, all darkness should be hid in a secret place. A fire not blown upon shall consume him, and he shall go ill with him, that letting his tabernacle. Marvel insisted. So they are following the leading of the Antichrist, the tabernacle of the devil, the men of sin. Marvel insisted. Hallelujah. But the whole idea of darkness is to be hid in the secret place. Marvel insisted. Darkness never meant to be in for the church because we're children of the light, not of darkness, the Bible says. It is for the children of darkness that darkness has been set forth. And that's the way they're going to be imprisoned into. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May God have hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mercy. Joel twenty three seventeen. Because I was not cut off from before darkness, neither had he covered the darkness from my face. In other words, Joel is thinking, why do I have to see this? Because I'm not a child of darkness. What do I have to go through? Well, how can God then tell us about it if one of us, our brothers or sisters, had not gone through this? Joel was the man that God had chosen to reveal this mystery to us. So today we can talk about it. We can preach about it. That's why when I asked the Lord, what other book in the Bible talks about the great revelation? And the Lord immediately pointed me to Joel. Joel. Remember what Job went through? I said, wow, Lord, thank you. Job is the book that points out to the great revelation to the three days of darkness, clearer practically than any other book, because Job in person went through it. He lived the life in his testing of a wicked. First of all, the leprosy that Job got, the same people in the great revelation will go through. Judgment is in the book of Revelation. What people go through was sickness all over their body. That's the same sickness that was in Job, that these people cursed the name of God. And then I repented, the book of Revelation says. Job went through that, but Job did not curse God because Job loved God. And any child of God that loved God will not curse him, will not curse him. Because the foundation of a child of God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit cannot curse God. He loves God. Our foundation is love. It's not evil. So a child of God cannot curse God. My brother and sister. They can only love him. Even how, doesn't matter how angry we get. I'll give you an example. Remember Jesus in the cross when he says, Eli, Eli. Sabatini. Remember what he would say, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Okay, here is David going through the trial of his life. Remember David running from King Saul who wanted to kill him? Well, in Psalm 
22, this is what he says, My God, my God, why how thou forsaken me? I say this to God this, this week. Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the word of my groaning. David is groaning. David is going through the worst. And, you know, unless you go through a difficult trial in your life, you, you, it's hard for you to understand David here. You say, why is he complaining about God? No, this, this is not just a complaint. It's that when you're going through something painful, it's difficult to deal with, and you wonder why God has allowed you to go through it. My brother and sister. Oh, my God, he says, I cry in daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the ninth season, Hallelujah, I am not silenced. David is praying day and night to God, in the morning and in the night. My brother and sister, this verse where he said he prayed all night long. He cried all night long. You don't understand how difficult it is that your father in love, the people that you love, he married two of his daughter, was looking to kill him. My brother and sister, he's running for his life. Because he is a children of the Lord to be in the next king, promised through Samuel by God. He's going through a difficult time. He's hiding. And he's not carrying on his back food like you expect him. There were no supermarket everywhere for David to go shopping. He's running in cave. He's running in the worst place when even some other cave have been abandoned by bears and animals. David is David is hiding in these places, having the most difficult time of his life with no food, in a lot of time with no water. My brother and sister, he cried out for God because he knew he could, he could die. At those moments, he knew that he could die. But thou art holy, and thou inhabited the praise of Israel. He's remembering that God is God. And the God will not leave on neither forsaking him at that very moment. Verse 4, our father trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou did deliver them. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, of when after Joshua died, other nations invaded them. The Bible said that they cry out to God, and God delivers them from, the, from their enemy. And David is telling God this. Remember when you deliver our Father? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Always stand on God's God promises to you and I. David said, they cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what God wants us to remember in the day of difficulty, in the day of pain, in the day of suffering, in the day of sickness, in the day where you feel abandoned by your family, your friends, everyone. God wants you to remember this, that there were people who found themselves in the same situation, their enemy about to take their lives, but God, they trusted in God, and God delivers them. Thank you, Lord. But I am a warned, not a man, he says. Oh, man. I reproach a man despised by the people. 
Why did David feel like a worm and not even like a man? Have you ever heard such a thing? Not brother and sister. Warm that everybody despises. That everybody reproaches. Get out of here. I don't and they throw away. I don't want no warmth in my house, near my food, near my home, near anything I own, people say. David said, But I am I'm a warm and no man. Reproach of men and despised by the people. Have you have you ever felt this way? Have you ever been in a situation when people just reject you, reproach you, get out of my way, either your husband, your wife, it don't matter. Whoever's doing this to you, you have felt like David. My brother and sister. Verse 7. All day that they see me laugh me to scorn, they shoot out their lips. They shake their heads saying, oh, my Lord. They were making fun of David. My brothers and sisters, as a Christian, have you seen people make fun of you? Plenty of time, my brothers and sisters. Verse 8, he trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. He let, he let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb, the womb. Thou didst to make my hope when I was up on my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I heard people say this to me. Brother Irby, I've been a Christian since, I, since my mother's belly. Thank you, Lord. My mom raised me in church. She was, when she was praying for you to take me to church, I would, I would hear worship in the Word of God when I was in the womb. Thank you, Lord. That's so awesome. Verse 11, be not far from me. For my trap was near, for there's none to help me. And a lot of people feel the same. But a lot of time God allows us to go through this and feel this way so we can learn to call upon the name of the Lord and wish we will be saved, the Bible says. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is expecting you to call upon his name when you feel this way, when you're going through these things. My brother and sister, what are you doing looking for other people to help you when God is waiting for you to call upon his name? Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is when you find Jesus. You pray that you want to seek the Lord, that you want to find Jesus. When Jesus gives you the wilderness and wish you can call upon him in your life, you refuse. You complain, you murmur, is what we do. When God gives you a wilderness like David, a moment of difficult in which you can call upon the name of the Lord like Job, and he says, now my eye sees you. Now see God before in all his life. And in this trial, he sought God for the first time. You want to see Jesus? You're, you can begin to see him in your trial and difficult time. He'll show himself to you. If you say, Lord, show yourself to me, he will. But not the way you want it. It's the way he wants it. If he wants to show himself to you in a trial, in a difficult tribulation, then learn to call upon the name of the Lord in your trial and tribulation. And let him show himself to you. Verse 12. 
Many bulls have come past me about. Strong bull of a sham have received me around. They gape at me with their mouth, and reverending and roaring lion, because the enemy will send demon roaring lions to come against your life. But fear not, Jesus said. He had to face all demons no principality of the cross. Remember to pray through the cross against the enemy. Actually, when I pray for someone, it's actually if I don't know that person is right with God or has demon in their life, I pray to the cross in Jesus' name for that person. When you pray to the cross where Jesus has to feed them, they can come against you because you're praying through the cross. At the cross, remember. It's where Jesus defeated them. He overcame all demons of principality, Paul says to the church, at the cross. Thank you, Lord. But first thing, I pour out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like was. It's melted in the midst of my body. Have you ever gone through this situation where everything in you is failing? Not just people around you or your computer or your machine or your car breaking down or your things in your house breaking down. Everything else is. David went through this. Bible existed. Thank you, Lord. God will allow you to go through it. But there you will find God. You will see Jesus. If you learn to call upon his name, he will be saved. Hallelujah. My strength, verse 15, he says, I drop out like a posture, posture. My tongue cling to my jaw. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. My brother insisted. I don't know if this was a sickness that they was going through, but it was one of the most difficult situations he find himself in. Hallelujah. He fell close to death in his situation. Some people say, brother, I think I'm dying. No, you're not. You're feeling like David is what you're feeling. You're going through a testing like David in Job. It's what you're going through, but you're not dying yet. Not yet. God is holding you in the palm of his hand. Years ago, when people complained to me about this, I went to the Lord in prayer. And I said, Lord, look what your little ones are going through. They're about to fall. And Jesus took me to heaven and showed me. And showed me all my brothers and sisters in the palm of his hand. And I can see them there. And with his mighty arm, he was holding them. And he says, they will not fall, because I am the one holding their lives in the palm of my hand. Oh, man, I was so shocked when he brought me back. What a revelation. What an experience. I can see God's people that I thought they would fall. They were about to fall. Because some people were saying, Brother Ovi, I can't take no more. This is too hard. This is too difficult. We have waited too long. Jesus was holding them. In the palm of his hand. My brother and sister. Shalom, Sister Luna. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16, for far dogs have surrounded me, he says. The assembly of the wicked are enclosed me. They pierce my hand and my feet. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It looks like David went through the experience of piercing his hand and feet. And I'm going to tell you why he 
David went through this himself. Jeremiah was beaten. All of his body and back, he was whipped so deep. They scorned his back. I was watching a new cartoon they made of Jeremiah. Because it looks like some Christians now are seeing that in a lot of Hollywood movies and cartoons, there has been done no justice to, about Jeremiah. And someone has seen wound in the back of Jeremiah. And the wound were very deep. The Bible said he, he carries our wounds, our transgressions. My brother and sister, okay? He has to carry what his prophet went through on himself in order to bring justice to them. See, you cannot bring justice to someone unless justice is served. In order for him to serve justice, hallelujah, as a judge and a lawyer, it has to be fulfilled 100%. My brother and sister, he was despised and rejected, man, just like David. A man of sorrow, just like David and Job. Acquainted with grief, just like David and Job. And we hid as we were a face from him, just like us when we are ashamed. He was despised, hallelujah, just like David and Job. He was stinged not, just like David and Job. Surely he had borne a grief, just like us we go through in David and Job, and carry our sorrow, just like J David and Job. In Jeremiah, we seen him now. He was stricken, just like Jeremiah, my brother and sister, and God's people, smitten of God and afflicted, just like Job and David. He was wounded, just like Jeremiah and Paul, for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity, just like Jeremiah and Job in the church. Hallelujah! In the Middle East. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, just like the church in the last days. He was, his, by his stripe we were healed. Hallelujah. Just like Jeremiah carried stripe and Paul on his back. Hallelujah. But God healed him for what Jesus did on the cross. Everything Jesus carried upon himself was what the prophet in the church would go through on their lives, on their work with God. Everything they had done to God's prophet, Job and David, David was pierced in his arm, in his leg. So Messiah, in order to do David justice, needed to be pierced in his arm and in his leg. My brother and sister, my Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For those around me in the assembly of the wicked close me, they have pierced my hand and my feet, says David. Oh, my Lord, my God. They pierced him. They, their, their arrow penetrated David's feet. It penetrated his hand. And in order for Messiah to do him justice, Messiah hand and feet needed also to be peers. My brother and sister, justice been served in Messiah for each and one of us. 
Hallelujah. He has carried anything you and I may go through and gone through and will go through. Nothing more they can do to us. He will not give us more than what he took upon the cross for any of us. And for those that are beheaded, for those that are killed, he was killed. He died on the cross. He says, Father, unto thy hand I command my spirit and died. He gave up his life in order to have do justice on those Christians that are killed in the Middle East for the gospel. Those that have been killed for thousands of years for, for the word of God and for his testimony. He carried everything on the cross. There's nothing you can say you've gone through worse than him. Because there's no way possible. Anyone, anyone or anyone can serve more than Messiah. Because God will not allow that on anyone. God will not allow you to suffer more than his son. No way possible that you can suffer more than Jesus. Okay? Because everything that you will suffer is in winning in his word. Okay? Even if one day they pierce your arm and they pierce your feet, Jesus already has been pierced for you. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Verse 17, I can count all my bones. They look and stare upon me. If you are so skinny that people can count all your bones, you may have a disease that you cannot eat like some people. And all you do is vomit and suffer in pain. Or it is. Jesus already carried that upon himself, upon the cross. My brother insisted. He says, I can count all my bones. Imagine counting all your bones. Well, when you get to this level, I, my brother Raphael, who died in the hospital, he encountered a really rare disease in his body. But he believed in God. And when I went to see him in the hospital, I could not recognize my friend Raphael, my brother in Christ. Because all I could see was all his bones on the bed. And the family asked the doctor, what, what was wrong with him? Why was he getting skinny or every day? And all you can see is bone. And they said that he encountered a rare disease that had no cure, that he was going to die. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. But God allowed this. God allowed this. But never did he curse the Lord. Never. Because right there dying in, in bed, Jesus was with him. And Jesus gave him peace. His peace. Not like the world gave it. He gave him peace. When my friend Raphael, brother in Christ, was smiling as he was dying off, Jesus, the Holy Spirit was there with him, giving him tremendous peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. My brother Raphael had a smile while he was dying. Explain that to me. Because I saw it and I could not comprehend it. How can someone dying have so much peace and so much joy? My brother and sister. The nurse could not understand it. The doctor could not understand. How can someone dying in bed where you can see all, you see his bones, 
still have a smile on their lips and speak with joy. Hallelujah. I was more broken than him. I was crying inside. I don't know how many of you have seen a friend that you love, a brother in Christ that you love, and you don't want to show them how grateful the situation is because you're there to encourage them. I was crying inside for him. I was crying inside because I couldn't believe that my brother, my friend, was there dying. So skinny that you can count his bones. And he had a smile and joy of the Lord that when you walk into the room, you can feel the presence. You can feel the joy. You can feel the peace. How can this be? How can you have a piece of heaven in the middle of someone dying? Shalom, Sister Renee. My brother and sister. The joy of the Lord is my strength, says David. God gave him strength through joy of the Lord. My Lord, my God. Have mercy on us. I can count all my bones, David said. They look and stare upon me. Messiah went to the cross the same. You can count all his bones. There's nothing that you and I can go through that Messiah did not crucify on the cross and gave us victory over it, including death. He overcame death. They poured my garments, says David, up among them, cast lot upon my bastard. Hallelujah. They cast lot. This was the king of Israel, one of the most anointed men of God. And this is what how people treated him like a worm. My brother insisted. In his trial, they abandoned him. They forsaken him. He cannot count on them not even to pray for him. My brother insisted. They mocked him. Verse 19, But be thou not far from me, O Lord. O my strength, hasten thee to help me. David can only trust in the Lord. Not in his brothers and sisters that should have been there for him. Where were his brothers and sisters? Even his wife was not with him. Not even neither of the daughters of King Saul was there. Who one time allowed David to run through the wind, escaping from the father who was looking to kill him. My Lord, my God. Deliver my soul from the sword. My only one from the power of the dog. And this is, he's calling them dog, but he's, they, were, they also had an animal. Because they were looking for David like an animal. By the order of King Saul, the king of Israel. My brother and sister, they were looking to kill David. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Deliver myself from the sword. They had sword. Deliver from the power of the dog. They had dog with them. You see it today, the canine. What did the police use? The canine. How did they, why did they use the canine? Because it's been used for thousands of years. Canine when they're looking for someone. David was being looked out with canine too. To kill him. To hunt him. 
by older King Saul. Have you ever heard that before? It's in the Word of God. They were looking for him with dogs. They usually use canine or people looking for David. My Lord, my God. What did David find himself? Verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast hurt me from the horn of a unicorn. Hallelujah. When you can see God riding on a unicorn, you know he is close to you. My brother insisted. God showed himself to David in so many ways. Riding on a unicorn. On the horn of a unicorn, he says. You talk to people about unicorn today, they don't believe, they think it's fantasy. Not when God shows you unicorn. They're not fantasy. God has them somewhere. My brother and sister, he has them. Remember when he took me up, up, and up over the heavens and showed me this planet, and there was all kinds of dinosaurs. I was shocked because I read them about them in the Bible. But were they real? Are they real? Was my question, God. God wanted to show me that his word is true. No matter what people say, no matter what scientist says, no matter what professor says, that these was fantasy. They are real in God. God says they are. Save me from the lion's mouth. That have hurt me from the horn of a unicorn. Unicorns are real. My brother and sister, not fantasy animal. Verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. David, I hope that one day he will find himself in the middle of his brothers and sisters, the congregation, and he looked forward to declare God's name. Because it was in the name of God, he was being delivered from the lion and from the dog. The canine they had hunting him down like a beast, like an animal, like a hog, like a, any other animal. My brother and sister, like a sheep. Verse 23, yet the fear of the Lord, praise him, O ye, the seed of Jacob, glorify him, the fear, and fear him, O ye, the seed of Israel. We are the seed of Israel. We need to glorify the name of the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise be His name. Hallelujah. Verse 24. For He had not the spinal abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither had He hid His faith from Him. When He had cried unto Him, He hears. You want to see Jesus. Mostly He will show to you Himself to you in your affliction. You may see it. His light, his, his light, a reflection of the Lord in your affliction. One day, I was in an affliction. I was going to the bathroom in the other house. Down the hall of the bathroom, there was another door. Sometimes we would leave open. And there was a back room in the house. I saw him, his light, walking in the back room. But he was pure light. I was not asleep. 
I was just getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And he was walking back there. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. He doesn't hide his face from the afflicted, David said. For he had not the spine nor hold the affliction of the afflicted. Neither he hid his face from him. He will not hide his face from you. Remember when I said, Lord, hallelujah, many are asking, Lord, for you to show yourself to him. And he says, why do my people think I'm hiding myself from them? See, David said he doesn't hide his face from the afflicted. In the affliction, many, instead of running toward the Lord, they run away from the Lord. And when you do that, you miss to see him in the midst of your affliction. Learn that when the enemy rise, when your affliction rise, rise, hide yourself in him. Run toward him. Run toward prayer in your affliction. If you never pray on your knees, throw yourself on your knees in your affliction and cry out to him. Look for him more in your affliction than in your day of joy and peace. My brothers, that's what David did. He will cry all night long. He will cry all day long. Jesus, show us an example in Gethsemane. In the worst day of his life, before he got arrested, put a cross on his back and a thorn, a crown of thorn on his head to being crucified. He went and knelt down to pray and said, Father, if it's thy will, pass the cup away from me. They said, but now my will be done, thy will be done. My brothers, he prayed to the Father and said, Peter, Matthew, could you not pray one hour with me? At that very moment, he wanted his brothers and sisters to pray. But they, they fell asleep. They were so tired. All day long they were evangelizing. Evangelizing. Their feet hurt. Their body hurt. Literally hurt. People think that they were lazy. No, they were walking all day long preaching, helping the poor. Their body hurt so much. But Jesus never let hurt and pain stopping from doing the will of the Father. My brother insisted when you learn to pray, someone said this to me many years ago, Brother Elvie, when you learn to pray through, when, you, when your body says no, because of the pain, hurting, and suffering, when you learn to pray, to pray through the most difficult situation you're going through, you are going to find something special from God. Jesus prayed through the hardest situation, my brother and sister, and find strength and peace to being crucified during the word of the Father. When you, when you can do the same, when you follow the same step of Christ, you're going to find something special in Him. My brother and sister, I don't know Sister Celestia, uh, Sister Lee Christian, sorry, had uh, joined us. I don't see her in the chat room, so I'm not sure. I'm checking my email. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I said to the Lord, Lord, what am I going to give? Last night, praise your Lord. What, Lord? He knows what. He gave us his bread. 
when we need it in time. Verse 25, my praise should be of thee in great congregation. I will pay my bow before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Amen. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. Yes, this millennium is coming. Thousand year reign with Christ. Where everyone will come to Jerusalem to worship him. And from anywhere on the earth, people will worship the Lord. That is sure, the word of God. Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord. He is the governor among the nations. Yes, the millennium will be reigned by Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He will be the president, the king of kings and lord of lords. From Jerusalem, he will lead the nations. And all the nations will follow him. He will have his own police everywhere, and they all will give an account to him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 29, And all they that are upon the earth shall eat and worship. Listen. So you know that in the millennium, no one will lack any food. Jesus will make sure in his system that he's going to establish on the earth they all that are, that, that are fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. For none keep alive in his own, his own soul. Can keep alive. The Lord will keep him alive. Thank you, Lord. And she shall serve him and shall be accounted to the Lord for generation. He has chosen unto himself, as David, a seed, a people, a nation. Hallelujah. And they will serve him. That's the one thing the Lord revealed to me. That the church he has elected, elected for himself, will serve him in the millennium. For that thousand years, we have to serve people the word of God. Those that are coming out of the valleys in the great tribulation, are going to learn the way that the Lord threw us. Jesus is going to use us to preach, to teach them his word, his revelation, face to face. And if they had any doubt or any question, gee, they will see the Lord himself coming among them. And the Lord can tell, listen to my servant, he preaches my word. Thank you, Lord. Verse 31, they shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto the people. And they should be born, and he had done this. Listen, hallelujah. David said that there will be people born. In other words, people will have children in the millennium. Okay? They will be born. Hallelujah. Can also men be born again? My brother and sister, he had done this. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness. What are we chosen for? To declare the Lord's righteousness. Why do they, why do they need to know the Lord's righteousness? Because every single soul will be accounted before the white throne judgment. And when they have heard and been taught the word of God and the righteousness of the Lord, one day they will have to be before Father giving an account. The judge of all 
the judge of all creation. They will give an account to him. They will have to say for themselves to him, my brother and sister, just the way things are established by God. For the kingdom is the Lord. His kingdom, Messiah kingdom, Jesus kingdom. He established himself among his people as God because he is God forever and ever. Ordained after the order of Melchizedek, my brother and sister, the high priest for God's people. He lived to intercede for each and one of us. Because each and one of us, why do we need a high priest? Because still down here will make mistakes. What was the job of the high priest every year? He will come with a sacrifice before the judge, God, and give an account for their sins. And that their guilt will be put on the bull, bull who will be sacrificed for the sin of the people. But it represents the Christ on the cross. So now Christ has gone into the Holy of Holy forevermore to give an account for you and I. So when we sin, make a mistake, and we say, God, forgive me, and sorry, my brother and sister, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. I die for them on the cross. I share my blood. And Father looks at the blood of Jesus on the cross being poured for us and says, yes, my son, I forgive them. It required the blood of the Lamb, innocent blood. None is more pure and holy and innocent than the blood of Jesus because he has no guilt in him, no sin. He never sinned. There's no sin you can see in his blood. It's pure, purer than the blood of the animal because the earth was already contaminated. Now, I think about the blood of the animal now because it was not the blood of the animal we know. It was the blood of the animal that God provided unto himself. See, we can never give to God anything that God doesn't already own. So this is why when I had question about the sacrifice of the bull that was sacrificed every year, the Lord took me to the Old Testament in the Spirit. I was standing there. The priest was out looking for a sacrifice for the sin of the people. And I saw when the Lord made a lamp appear. The lamb had no marking. The lamb was pure. But it was a lamb type of Christ that God had just made appear. It cannot be an earthly lamb. It has to be a lamb from heaven, pure, like Christ, to match the level of holiness of Christ, not an earthly sacrifice. See, this is why when Isaac asked Abraham about the sacrifice, what did Abraham say? God will provide unto himself a lamb, he says. See, it was not an earthly lamb, like we think, when we read that the priest will go and find a lamb and sacrifice it for sinner people. No, that's not the way it is. That's not the way, because, see, Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb. Every year they did the sacrifice, God provided miraculously himself a lamb. I thought it was that they found a lamb that was pure with no mark, no marking, anything, like they're looking for one now, and that will be the lamb. No. 
That's not the way it was. It's that God provided himself a lamp, put it among them, and when they saw it, they had no marking, pure and holy. Then they sacrificed for the sin of the people. But God provided himself a lamp. My brother, there's nothing we can offer God for our sin. My brother and sister. That's why God has given us the gift of forgiveness. Another miracle. You don't repent. The gift of repenting. You don't repent because you feel like it. You repent because God already given you that gift in order for you to repent. You notice how some people can sin and sin and don't feel like repenting. And you can tell them all day long to repent. They say, get out of here. I don't want to hear it. My brother and sister, think about it for a second. Because that's what wisdom comes. The wisdom of God comes. Hallelujah. It's gone now into all the earth. My brother and sister, the wisdom of the Lord. And if we want the Lord to give us wisdom, we got to ask for it. He'll show us. He'll show us the way. And the way is always Messiah. God will provide himself a lamb. Hallelujah. It cannot be any other way. We wish it was any other way. We wish we can find it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Genesis 22 eight. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Cannot be any other way. How can Abraham understood this so clear. How can Abraham understood this and there's so many people that don't? They think that the priest just found the lamb by coincidence. But they were looking all day long to all throughout all the animal, all the far land and they found one. No. The lamb God has to provide it. This is a miracle. This is the it all signifies Christ going to the cross for us. So the Lamb has to be like Christ. This is why Christians need to be like Christ. And how can they be like Christ? You have to be born again. There's no other way. My brother, my sister. You have to be born again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is what Paul says to the Corinthian. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Second Corinthians 5. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, was this close, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. What God gives unto himself is eternal. He's not going to give unto himself something temporary. He allowed a temporary down here. But a life for him, his plan is eternal. My brother and sister. For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed uh, with our own house, which is in heaven. Where is truly our body, our house, our glorified body that we're looking forward to have is in heaven. Like the lamb that God brought down earth to be crucified. It was in heaven. My brother and sister. 
thou being so clothed, we should not be found naked. That's why in the day of the Lord, when we are rational departure to being with him, to meeting the Lord in the cloud, we are not naked. We are clothed. Why? Because if you have been repenting and seeking the Lord now, your body that is in heaven that you're going to be clothed with, they already have the, the, the garment of righteousness upon it. Verse 4. So we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not because we will be unclothed, but clothed about. Mortality might be swallowed up by life. In the moment we are changed, transformed into our glorified body, nothing mortal, nothing of this life, no weapon form will prosper against us. We will have victory over this life and over any weapon of this life. No military tank, no laser weapon, nothing can harm us of this life and are soon to be put on us the glorious body that we're, going, we're looking forward to having. It's already in heaven. I see my body. I have been in it. I have moved in heaven faster than light. I don't know how many hundreds of times faster than light in my glorified body. Without any issue, getting tired. We're going to be close with it soon. Hallelujah. I don't know how many are looking forward to that. But for now, he has brought up for us the self-same thing is God, who also has given to us the pledge of his spirit. Hallelujah. God has sweared. God has promised. He said he will give us his spirit. Hallelujah. We are clothed with the Holy Spirit of God. My brother and sister, the seal that is respected by evil, by darkness. This is why we don't fear darkness. Darkness can come any day. Jesus overcame darkness. Jesus overcame because he's the light. Light overcomes darkness any day, any hour, any second. Thank you, Lord. We're children of the light. That's why he doesn't want us to fear darkness. Verse 6. Therefore, we are always comforting, knowing that, that while we are at home in the body, we're asking from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Soon, heaven, even we are in our glorified body, they're about to receive. Once we receive it, we'll feel one with heaven. We know right away we belong to heaven, that we are in eternity, that we are one with God, one with eternity, and that nothing will ever harm us. We will have this self-confidence, as Paul, self-confidence. Each believer will have the self-confidence. Thank you, Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Another word is that if we die, it doesn't matter if we die. We will be with the Lord, present. Hallelujah. Because we're already there sitting in heavenly places where Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1 says. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Therefore we labor, that where the presence of actions 
we will be affected by him. We labored. This is why we labor. We have to labor in truth and righteousness and holiness. Maintain our position with God. That we have a confidence of when he show us to us, we are just like him, holy and righteous. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Imagine the bad things and the good things being put out in the open. I remember being in the judgment seat of Christ while people were passing through forward in front of all the congregation there, and there were many people there. They were asking them about their things, their behavior, things they did on the earth that they should have not done, and things that they did that they served praise to the Lord. They give an account for the good things. They were also giving an account for the bad things. And why do you make that decision? And why do you do that? Then they were quiet to listen to what the person had to say. And you can say, I'm sorry. You can say, I didn't mean to. You could say, I was weak. I should have not said that. I should have not done that. But you have to give an account in front of all those witnesses, holy, righteous men and women of God, redeems. God help us for that day. Because it's coming. It was revealed to me. As soon as we come up and we do everything, we're going to meet our family, this and that, go here, go there. There comes us to give an account, the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to meet there, my brother and sister. Everything you didn't know about me will be revealed there. And everything also that you know about me will be revealed there. The good and the bad. Okay? Some people say in the ugly. It's all going to be revealed. The good and the bad, the Word of God says. Hallelujah. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are made manifested unto God. And I trust also we are made manifested unto your conscience. For we command ourselves again, again unto you. But we give you an occasion to glory in our behalf, that ye may have something to answer, those who glory in appearance, not in the heart. So if you glory in appearance and not in the heart, you still got to give an answer, he says. It doesn't matter. You have to give an answer. The judgment seat of Christ. My brother sister. Verse 13, for if we be beside ourselves, it is for God, if we be Sore-minded, it is for your cause. Sore-minded. Hallelujah. For the love of Christ constrain us, because we thus judge that if one die for all, then all were dead. Amen. Verse 15. And that he die for all, that who live should not him for live unto himself but unto him that died for them and rose again. Therefore, and forth, now we know no man according to the flesh, yea, though we know Christ according to the flesh, yea, henceforth we know him, not so no more. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. My brother and sister, each one of us will give an account to Christ for our lives, for our actions, our behavior, murmuring, complaining. This is why we should not be murmuring like the children of Israel in the wilderness. We should not complain. Because when we murmur and complain, it's only delays. It delays things because the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness murmuring and complaining. And it was all delay. All the promise was delayed for them to receive them. They, would they, did the children of Israel's children receive the promise? Yes, they did. The children did. After 40 years, according to the promise of God, that God is faithful to his promise. They received the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. We've been promised heaven, the new Jerusalem. We're going to receive all those promises, my brother and sister. God help us. God help us to endure. God help us to persevere. I don't know what happened with Sister Lee Krishna tonight, but I hope this word tonight have encouraged you to keep your eyes on Jesus and know that whatever sorrow they went through, Jesus carried, and whatever sorrow you and I will go through, Jesus already carried. Here's the Sister Celestia ladies out here. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you're welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you're very welcome. The Master's Voice is available on several platforms, such as Apple and Google and Spotify and SoundCloud in audio format, if you prefer to listen in podcast format. In video format, I'm here on YouTube in English as the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. I'm also here on YouTube in Spanish as Canal Profetico La Voz del Señor. I'm also on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I will endeavor to leave those links underneath the video. If they're not left immediately, I will try to come back at a different time and update the description box. Today's prophecy is a prophecy that I received last night, and the Lord really wanted this word to go up. But for various reasons, I was simply unable to prepare it in time. It came very late, and I decided that I would do it first thing in the morning, and so today's prophecy is not a new prophecy. It has been coming uh, here on the Master's Voice for at least, let me see, 2020, 2021, 2022. This would be the fourth year that I am proclaiming this prophecy. It first came, I think, around about the middle of the year. And what the Lord is doing with these prophecies is there are certain themes on the Master's Voice that never change. Russia and China is one of those themes. It's one of the first prophecies that I started making videos with. It's one of the oldest prophecies that I received. I think around 2014 was the first time that the Lord just started showing me dreams and showing me scenes of Russia here in the United States being very savage and very vicious. Not a situation of sending nukes and bombs and everything, but actual presence. They will have a physical presence here in the United States. They will come. It will be an invasion from the land, from the sea, and from the sky. So that's one of the themes. Another theme is that America will be hit with diseases. Another theme is that America would have, um, America is going to have severe judgments, natural judgments, floods and fire and even lava. Lava was one of the most amazing things, one of the most amazing prophecies that I've ever heard from God, that America is going to suffer um, extremely weak ground and the ground is just literally going to tear open in some places and the lava is going to come out like water 
So the kind of lava that we will have here as a judgment and a punishment upon the land is not going to be any kind of slow, thick-moving lava like you see has been erupting for about two years in Hawaii. It is going to be the ground will suddenly rip open and there will be a literal lava fountain beneath it that will come out and it moves with the speed of water. And what I saw is that it was a judgment of God upon the United States of America for sin, for the gross sins, for the crimes, for the atrocities, for the extremely rebellious nature of the people of this country, for having a stiff neck and a proud tongue that resists the Lord. And so there are themes of natural disasters, there's Russia and China, and along the spectrum of things, that I have covered here over the last three years in video and four years in print on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you can find that at www.the-masters-voice.com. One of the themes that was introduced around about the middle part of the year, a theme that I had not heard from God previously and that also surprised me, is civil war. God has brought the word of civil war since the middle of 2020. The two prophecies are war is coming and prepare for war. One was in July of 2020. One was in August of 2020. And once those two prophecies entered in, God has repeatedly returned to discussing civil war, what civil war is, what it really means for a country. He has highlighted that people in America have no concept of war, that war to America is a game that they watch on TV. War is one of America's exports. This nation goes to other countries and causes them devastation, causes them extreme loss of life, causes them destruction of national security, causes them destruction of their physical infrastructure, bombs them, um, takes what they have, pillages them and marauds them, and then brings back the spoils of war to her country. And God says that nobody should say that it is the government fault because Americans have supported all the wars that have been waged. The small minority, for instance, that was protesting Vietnam, it didn't stop the government. The majority of people felt so that the Viet Cong needed to be ta taught a lesson. And there is a comprehensive prophecy here on the Master's Voice where the Lord brought me to show what kind of carnage and what kind of disease that thing that America created called Agent Orange caused in that country more than 60 or 70 years ago and how the effects of that are still manifesting as sickness and terrible disfigurement in the people of that country today. So God is basically saying that America wages war, but a vicious kind of war whereby she wages it from a distance so that no harm is caused to those who fight the wars, no harm is caused to those who plan the wars, and no harm is caused to those who support the wars. It's, it's an amalgam of agreement that has very, very little cost um, of America. And one of the secretaries of state, I think it was Madam Madeleine Albright, is on record as saying that if America has goals and objectives to achieve and hundreds of thousands of people die as they did in Iraq, that is simply collateral damage. So no one can pretend that they don't know these things, that they've never heard these things. It is only the younger generation that is not up to date of the history of their own country because they're on Facebook and Snapchat staring at each other using filters and taking 200 pictures of themselves per hour. They are the ones who are behind on the truth of what America does. God is not behind on the truth of this nation. And my job as I serve the Lord 
is to bring out all the information. So to those who hear the information on the master's voice and say, my politics are showing, all I can say to you is that your ignorance is showing, your cognitive dissonance is showing, and also a deep spiritual confusion whereby you think that the Lord will bring forth words at this juncture in time, and then you can say something back, and because you are upset or you are angry or you mock it or you say it will never happen, something in your heart actually convinces you that just by the movement of your lips, what you're saying will overturn the word of the Lord. But it shall not. God's word is eternal, and God's prophecies to America are not conditional. This is what the Lord was putting on my heart before I put the camera on. I always pray and ask him if there is anything. That is what was given to me. That when a messenger stands up in a country and begins to speak, the first sign already to the people of that nation should be, you are not doing well. God is not pleased with you, especially if the message is not of peace, especially if the message is not of continuance, meaning like God said to David, which we can find in Psalm 12, that I will never cease to have a man, Psalm 18, that I will let your kingdom continue. David was so amazed by the promises that God made him in his genealogy that God would protect his portion as king and would always have a man of David standing before God. That is a prophecy to a man who does well. When God comes and tells you, I will secure your legacy, I will secure you inheritance, I will guide your sons to make sure that they are good leaders, then you can know that God is promising something to one who has done well. But when the prophets stand up and begin to condemn you, and they begin to sit before you year after year after year, listing out the filth that...